show coming from the rack store. Bet this back in the Mac in the back flow. Let's go, chillin' with raccoons by the back door. Take calls so you can stake more. All I wanna do is making door right. But I found this crew and doing alright. We wreck will bitch, ready to fight. So many raccoons ready for the boss life. I might fly high like a kite, right? But always ready for a shite for the right prize. Raccoon supply has the right price. Giving you respect if it's likewise. So I'm buying all the mean guys with the clean heart. Read between lies, laser bean through lean eyes. Larry or with clean lies, trash mouth, mean smile, be wise. NFT wise, fuck with these guys. It's the rack rap from the back lab. 100 NFTs in my backpack. Crazy rack rap from the stash app. Rack will take a lead in this haystack. And actually, it is fucking good morning because it's 2 a.m. for me. So it's not fucking Friday like it is for you, plebs. It's fucking Saturday, <laughs> the 9th of fucking September, right? Because I'm on the other side of the globe. However, let's not fuck around. We all love this show. I mean, this is a classic. This has got all the hallmark. Finn. Get up here. I've sent you an invitation, Finn. Don't think you're going to sit down there and not come up and speak to your man, right? Is, is his voice back, though? This, uh, yeah, he's Gucci. Oh, he's Gucci, darling. He's fine. This has got all the hallmarks of an absolute classic in the library. So, without further ado, uh, Jake, first of all, I'm going to say thank you. Uh, secondly, I'm going to say, are there limitations on what we can talk to you about? Is there any kind of like shit going on like that you might not be able to talk about? Like, like I'd like to get that like out the way first of all. Are you in the clear or are you got to be careful or what? Uh, well, first, let me say thank you for having me on. Second, let me say I absolutely love your fucking accent. Um, also, um, yeah, I, I, there's no, there's not really anything that I can't talk about at this point. Um, if there's anything that I would rather not say, I'll just uh, say so and explain why. Uh, do you like dags? Do you like that? We've got a few questions for you before. I like dags. Yeah, I do like dags. Oh, bro, I love them. Uh, Reid, a few questions for you, dude, before we start, though, right? Uh, your favorite sandwich. I mean, what's your favorite sandwich? Um, I don't know, man. Like, I don't, you know, I'm pretty simple. I don't even really eat sandwiches anymore. If I had to choose, I guess, I don't know, uh, turkey, uh, chicken, you know, maybe with a little bit of cheese, uh, lettuce and tomato or something, maybe some pickle on the side, chips. Ooh. You're a simple man, aren't you? You're a simple man, right? Very simple. It's I'm not hard to please. What's your shoe size, dude? What, what about your shoe size? Varies on the make of the shoe. <laughs> I would say, uh, you know, 10 and a half to 11, uh, all depending. Okay. And last question. Last question for you. Like that. Uh, last close question. Uh, cowboy boots or cardigan? I ha I don't wear cowboy boots. I don't. I don't like them. Dude, if so you've got to pick one, no, if you've got to pick one, if you have to wear one in your life, you've got no choice. Are you wearing? Are you picking the cowboy boots? Are you picking the cardigan? Your life depends on a bro where you're going. I don't know what cardigan is. Did I, it might be my accent? 
Babans, I'm at all like a pikey or what, you know? I mean, oh, I'm yeah. like a pikey, but we understand you. So we're going to do some translation real quick for Jake. So <laughs> uh, a cardigan is just like, um, you know how uh, it's just like an over over jacket like a sweater jacket thing. It's got like a couple buttons on it, maybe like three buttons. And you just kind of like, it's like a oversized thin sweater thing. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I understand. That's what, kind of what I thought. I, I couldn't help but think of that scene in Dumb and Dumber where the cop says, pull over. And he rolls down the window and says, no, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. Um, I don't wear either. So I guess abstention is abstention an option. Oh, dude, you're the first guy that's ever came in with that, like, respect where respect's due. Right, moving on quickly. Uh, Jake, can I say just first of all, this is fucking epic. Like, uh, uh, dude, I'm staying up here for this 2 a.m. Of fucking, of course, right, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, bro, so you've had a journey, haven't you? I mean, when I saw you, when I first saw you, yeah, you just look like you're having a bit of fun. It looked like a fun day out, to be fair. Like, if I'm really honest, and I'm British, I've lived in Thailand for the last, just to give you context, the last 11 years. Uh, I teach American history out here, uh, which is, like, really weird kind of thing. Uh, like, literally, I got it, but then the aftermath, I didn't get it. Uh, you've probably been through quite a bit of shit over the last few years, I've got no doubt. I mean, what happened? Like, did one day, did you, like, turn up for a party? And then the next you were fucking incarcerated and you went through a fucking whole lot of shit. I mean, just, I, I, I don't know, dude, I want to know like you, you know, like I want to know like, your story, what you went through, like if that's all right. Sure. Um, well, <clears throat> I've been dressing that way that I was on January 6th for over 10 years. Um, it was only when I was in the Capitol that the media chose to highlight my dress. Um, but when it comes to like getting arrested and stuff, I was after, well, first of all, after I came out of the building, I had already gone viral and I had people coming up to me with their phones being like, bro, you're all over Twitter. You went viral. You went fucking viral, man. And I was like, oh shit. Oh, okay. You know? And then I walked back to the hotel room uh, or walked back to the car, drove back to the hotel room. And, um, then, uh, the next day I did an interview and then I found out when I was on the road back to Phoenix that the FBI was looking for me. So, uh, I called him and called the FBI and I was like, Hey, you know, heard y'all wanted information about me. So I figured I'd just call you and see what you wanted to know. So I talked to the FBI for like an hour and red pilled the guy that I was talking to. Um, then I arranged a meeting to meet with them in the field office in Phoenix on the 9th of January. I asked them if they were going to arrest me. They lied to me, told me that they were not going to, that they just wanted to question me. And I told them, look, dude, you can tell me if you're going to arrest me. I just want to know so I can like prepare. I said, no, I don't see a reason to arrest you. We just want to talk, you know, and at the time it was just misdemeanors that I was being, you know, charged with. So I realized at the time that misdemeanors usually are below the FBI. And so I thought, well, okay, you know, so I went in expecting to just talk and uh, 
they read me my Miranda rights and uh, subsequently I was arrested. So um, my life got turned upside down in a matter of 72 hours after January 6th. Uh, my phone number had gone public. So I was getting all sorts of weird phone calls from strangers. I was getting phone calls from the media. I was getting um, text messages. My social media got shut down. My YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram all got shut down. The only things that survived the purge were my Rumble and BitChute account. Um, and uh, yeah, they arrested me on January 9th and they did not let me go. They gave me no pretrial release, which in retrospect was actually kind of to my advantage in spite of the fact that I was in solitary confinement for 10 and a half months. The process basically allowed me to get, away, get out of the way a bunch of time um, that if I was on pretrial release, I would not have been able to, you know, it would not have counted toward my incarceration time. So, you know, I did about <clears throat> 12 months or so in, uh, in pre-trial detention. And then I did like 14 to 15 months in prison itself. And so I got out of prison after 27 months of being incarcerated. And then I spent like uh, two months in um, either a halfway house or on home confinement with an ankle monitor on. And then so I did a total of a 29 month sentence within the BOP system, Bureau of Prisons system. And uh, now I am on what's called supervised release, basically probation for the layman. And I have a probation officer, you know, I have certain terms and conditions to my supervised release, you know, have to have a job, need to pee in a cup on demand, no drugs, which, you know, that's all fine. I, I don't do drugs anyway. So, but I find it interesting because it's like what I, what happened, the thing I was charged with had nothing to do with, you know, drugs. I, you know, there was, there was no evidence of me being drunk or anything. So, you know, I, I think that's rather strange that they would have me pee in a cup for something that is completely non-drug related, but whatever, you know, um, the people at the urinalysis location are pleasant. They're not, you know, mean people. Uh, my probation officer is a good man. He's fair, you know, um, he's um, a good guy. So um, I've been blessed in that sense. And uh, just to dispel any disinformation, Tucker Carlson's footage had nothing to do with my release. Um, I was due to be released on the 28th of March. In I got my date uh, in mid-February of 2023. And then it was a couple of weeks afterward that Tucker Carlson released that footage. And then it was a couple of weeks after that I was subsequently released as planned. So there's a lot of misconceptions revolving around whether or not that footage, you know, got me released. There's a lot of people that say, oh, Tucker Carlson and McCarthy are heroes because they had the courage to release the footage and blah, 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 blah. And it got Jake free and he's free now and because of that footage. And it's like, no, no, that's not how it works. You know, even if the footage played any sort of a role whatsoever, it would have taken months and months of litigation in order to for that footage to even make any sort of a dent or a difference. And we filed a motion in the courts to vacate my sentence and vacate my conviction. And uh, due to that footage being withheld by the government in one way or another. Um, but uh, the judge threw out the 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 motion and dismissed it and also did so without the chance for appealing the decision. 
Um, so now I'm simply on supervised release and living day to day as a, as an artist, I'm working as an artist and, um, I'm also doing interviews and, uh, working on an autobiography and, you know, uh, uh, working on, we got some merch up on the store, the, uh, um, forbidden truth academy.com you can go to forbidden truth academy.com and check out the merchandise but you know what i would prefer people not just you know look at the merchandise that we have a lot of free courses that you can take we have uh free content regarding our podcast and uh we also have free content with all the interviews that i've done that are all on the website um the book is also uh, one mind at a time a deep state of illusion the book that i wrote is also on the website um so yeah, there's a lot of free stuff up there. And if you so choose, you can uh, have something uh, that you can get as a, almost like a souvenir. Yeah, you know something though, that was a really like sober and like monologue. Honestly, I, I know it's not like 2 a.m. for everyone else around the world, but for me, like personally, very sober and like a monologue to hear that like direct from yourself. Uh, dude, I mean, I've heard, and there's, it's reported and it's factual, you know, uh, several instances uh, of the G6 uh, people that's been locked up, you know, being treated. There's obviously the guy with a broken wrist and, and there's several other instances like where, you know, people's been left without care, without medicine, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Jake, I mean, I, I don't know if you can answer this, but did you feel like you faced any particular like ill treatment uh, in your incarceration like period? Because, uh, because I, I, I do know this is really factual, and there's like a lot of GA six, a lot of them people, and you need to know what happened and who got locked up where, like because of like Washington and the Metropolitan DC, uh, DC Metropolitan Police, etc. Jake, did you did you have any kind of issues in that respect, or were you were you respected? Well, <clears throat> there it's kind of a nuanced issue. Um, in my opinion, choosing to detain me and not allow me pre-trial release, I feel was a form of mistreatment. Um, the reasons why the government cited a uh, prolonged detention was because they said that I was, number one, a danger to society, which there's no proof that I was because I didn't do anything violent on that day whatsoever. Um, and also because they said that I was a flight risk due to the fact that Arizona borders on Mexico. But that also, in my opinion, is bogus because the fact of the matter is when the FBI was looking for me, I called them and I turned myself in. So how is that if that that's evidence to the contrary? That's evidence that I'm not a flight risk, that I will comply with whatever it is that legally I'm supposed to do. Um, so 10 and a half months of solitary confinement, I believe was unwarranted and unfair. They said that it was because of COVID number one. And then they said it was because of protective custody because of my high profile case. Um, that was their other reason. But the thing is that goes out the window because when they transferred me from, um, one prison or one jail to another, I was in general population. So what did COVID and my safety all of a sudden go out the window? I think it was because they wanted to make an example. They wanted people to, and because of the fact that the media chose to make me the face of that day, the uh, it's almost like guilty by association. The optics of it would appear as though 
releasing me would be condoning said behavior. And anybody that's even associated with such behavior must be dealt with stringently. Now, regarding ill treatment from guards, and not just, you know, like the government system. When I was in the DC jail, well, I was arrested in Arizona, and then I was taken to Florence in Arizona in the uh, CCA, which is like a private prison. And um, there I was also kept in solitary confinement, but that was for COVID reasons, according to what they said. But they were actually rather cordial. I fasted for three and a half days because the food wasn't organic. And the people at that particular prison went out of their way to go to the store and buy a bunch of organic items and feed me organic, which was very kind. They didn't have to do that. Um, and then, so when I got to DC, I guess I was kind of spoiled in that sense because, you know, they had fed me organic at the other place. So I was like, well, is the food organic? No. Okay. Well then I'm not eating it. Thank you. You know? And so I fasted for 11 days in DC. Now in the beginning of me being at the DC jail, I can honestly say I never experienced racism in my entire life until I spent 11 days in the Washington DC jail. Most of the guards were uh, minorities, people of color. They were black. Um, and uh, many of them believed the Mockingbird media. Many of them believed that all Trump supporters were racist, white supremacists, that anyone and everyone that was at the Capitol was a white supremacist. My being the one that the, my face being the one that the media chose to highlight for that day um, didn't do me any favors in that jail. Uh, there was a guy that was wearing a uh, Black Lives Matter COVID mask that was apparently a real uh, pain in the neck for a lot of Trump supporters within the jail. They told me that he was rather provocative and, uh, you know, like in trying to incite conflict. Then I also experienced this one time I had a I was sleeping next to a window, which their windows were like, you know, three inches uh, wide by like five feet tall. And uh, it was it was very cold in the D.C. jail. And because of how wet the uh, the, you know, like humidity was because of how dense the humidity was, the wall and the windows were sweating with cold water. And as I moved the blanket around, the water from the wall would get on the blanket and ended up soaking my blanket. And so I walked up to the window at like 2 a.m. There I am, you know, starving, you know, not eating anything. I'm fasting and I'm cold as hell in this cold cell with this wet blanket that's just freezing. And I knocked on the window to get the guard's attention. I said, hey, dude, my like my blanket is soaked and it's really cold in here. Could I please just get a dry blanket? And the dude, he was a black guy. He looked at me like, man, whatever. And then so he like walks over to like a closet, apparently, where there were blanket where there were supposed to be blankets. He looks in the closet real quick, like 30 seconds, walks over. He looks up at me, he says, there ain't no blankets, man. Then he goes back down and watches TV. So that was the kind of treatment that I got. Um, there was also this black woman that was I think she was African. Maybe she was Jamaican, but um she was the like one of the nurses head nurses in the dc jail and because i wasn't eating anything they had to check my vitals every morning just to cover their rear end and um when i was talking to her she once again was under the you know impression that i was a racist white supremacist trump supporter and i had to explain to her no 
I'm not racist. I'm not a white supremacist. You know, I said, I love all races of people. And I said, I've even, you know, like I've, I've dated women of all races. I've even dated black women. And she goes, I can't believe a black woman would ever date you. And I was, <laughs> I was just appalled because the thing is, think about it. If the roles were reversed, if it was a white woman telling a black man, I can't believe a white woman would ever date you. That would be considered horribly racist. So her own bias, her own form of racism was shielding her from realizing how prejudiced her perspective actually was and how much she was judging me based on the color of my skin, number one, and what the Mockingbird media was saying, number two, and how she had allowed the television to make up her mind for her. But what's interesting, and this is the final point that I will make uh, regarding the D.C. jail, is that as I continued to fast for 11 days, the hardened hearts of some of these guards, they started to soften as I suffered more and more day by day. And I had to go to the hospital just as protocol after not eating for like a week. They took me to the hospital, local DC hospital. And three of the DC guards, the DC corrections officers, um, they had to escort me. All of them were black. One of them was actually the guy that had the Black Lives Matter COVID mask. And we sat there and conversed for about an hour and a half. And they found that we actually had a lot more in common than they initially thought. And they realized that it is, I was not who the media said I was, and I was not who they believed that I was based on that propaganda. So that was interesting. They're watching their hardened hearts soften uh, as I suffered was kind of, it's what Gandhi talked about when he talked about soul force and self-suffering and going through something uh, that is, is hard or difficult or causes you to suffer and not retaliating against the people that are doing it and how that causes the soul to awaken. It causes the heart to open and causes respect for that person to increase and the hatred for them to decrease. Um, now, after the DC jail, I went to the Alexandria Detention Center. It's like a skip, hop, and a jump away from the DC jail. It's in Virginia. And uh, there they house federal inmates for the government, uh, along with local um, you know, criminals and stuff like that. And there I experienced, um, other than the solitary confinement, which was absolutely awful, uh, there I experienced fair treatment for the most part. Um, what really sucked was when I was in solitary, the um, first 35 days or so was um, I was only allowed out of myself every 48 hours for 45 minutes because of COVID. And so I was locked in myself for two days at a time, only able to get out of the cell for 45 minutes uh, where I could make phone calls, take a shower or watch television. And so that was very difficult. And what made it even more difficult was the fact that in the cell that I was in, in spite of the fact that they gave me a, a radio, they give all inmates like a little care package of like, you know, Sudoku, um, crossword puzzles, magazines, um, and a radio with headphones, um, like a little pocket radio. 
I, my cell wasn't able to get the radio signal. So the radio did me no good for 35 days and they wouldn't allow me to read any books because of COVID. So like I had no books, I had no radio and just a pad of paper and a pen for 35 days sitting in a cell, only able to get out of the cell every two days for 45 minutes at a time. And that was really rough. Then I was transferred to another cell where I got uh, put on a two hour rotation uh, or I mean a a 22 and two hour rotation. So I was in the cell for 22 hours, able to get out for two hours, use the phone, use the shower, uh, watch television, et cetera. And um, long story short, the guards there were kind. They were not mean. There was one guy that was a dick, but he was on the low level. And I was trans when I was transferred after those 35 days, I didn't have to deal with that schmuck anymore. So um, after that, I was transferred to Oklahoma for uh, um, like it's like a a transit station or transit center. And then I was transferred over to um, Colorado for a psychological evaluation, um, which went fine. uh, the media really blew that up because, you know, they, they wanted to spin this narrative that I was mentally ill, for which my previous attorney did not do me any favors. He said all sorts of stuff to the media that wasn't true upon the psychological evaluation being completed. He said that I was schizophrenic, bipolar, depressed and delusional, which is not true. None of those things were in my psychological evaluation. Uh, but the media, of course, ran with it. And I did not prove that narrative. No, no, I just say it. No, no, I, I, I hear it interject but can i say it dude you sound very fucking normal and very fucking rational right now like anyone else listening i know it's late for me baby's got a hand up we'll, we'll jump in there but like dude listen like nana you, you're not some fucking schizo like mad cunt like dude you're just a normal homie chilling with the boys with a crowd all right like with a gang and like we get we get it at bay bands you can jump in here because your man's class and I, I need to bring up about washington and the mayor uh especially the mayor in a minute go on bay bands um jake so like i'm trying to understand you were in solitary confinement for such a long period like i can't imagine what that would do to somebody's like mind you know because we're constantly bombarded with like information like how how did you manage to like handle it without freaking out? I mean, I don't know what, you know, what happened, but like, how did you manage being in solitary confinement without like losing your shit? Cause that's a long time. Well, I'm probably, I'm probably though, Jake, I'm, I mean, I'm going to say this. I'm probably the only one in the room, especially who's up as a speaker that has actually been through the same thing uh, in a totally different context. And, in, you know, in a, in a different era, blah, blah, blah. My own fault, by the way. But I've been there, dude. I've been handcuffed, lying on the floor, solitary, left handcuffed as well, naked for 24 hours, right? People, like, telling me through the door, we're going to fuck you all over when you get out. Like, dude, I've been there. It's nasty as fuck. So, yeah, man, I, I'm feeling everything right now, you know? Sorry, dude. Credit, right? Yeah, and I'm sorry you had to go through that. Now, the thing is, is that... What I experienced, I think that 
people that are like rapists or murderers or people that do like, you know, uh, assault and battery, um, you know, or uh, kidnapping, um, breaking and entering, etc. Um, I think that people like that deserve some sort of treatment like that, just so that they can realize that they're not the biggest fish in the pond and what they're doing is wrong. But somebody like myself, who really actually was trying to help that day on January 6th and not hurt, um, being treated that way is, in my opinion, just entirely unfair and unjust. Uh, how did I cope in solitary? Well, at first, I was very depressed very, very sad because I, like I said, I was trying to help not hurt. And I had the media and the government basically saying the antithesis of all of that. And I went from, you know, a life as a free man to all of a sudden, all of this pressure being put on me. And I had no way of defending myself in the media or, you know, I couldn't defend myself against the government because I was going through my attorney who was in retrospect, probably one of the worst people I could have picked. Um, so what I did was I read the Bible a bit. I read the Bible a good bit. Um, I also did a lot of breathing exercises, meditation, um, working out on occasion, uh, talking with family. My mom has been very helpful and, you know, supportive of me as I went through all of this and without her support and without being able to talk to my family, I don't know where I would be. Like I, I've really had a lot of sympathy for people that get in trouble and then their family just drops them and says, no, you're a criminal, you know, uh, you know we're not going to take your phone calls. That has to be very difficult. Um, so it was an, a myriad of things. And I, the thing is, is I'm not too big of a fan of Andrew Tate, but I listened to an interview where he was talking about being in solitary in Romania. And he, and he was absolutely right when he said that, um, when you're on the outside, when you're a free person, you know, if you have a negative thought, you can distract yourself rather easily. You can turn on the television, you can get on your phone, you can, you know, get on the computer, whatever, you know, you can go for a hike or a walk or something. But when you're stuck in a cell all day long and you don't know when you're going to get out, you don't know how you're going to get out. Those negative thoughts are very, very difficult to push away. And when they come back, they come back with a greater intensity than most people can imagine. And when that process happens over and over and over again, it gets exponentially more difficult to combat those negative thoughts. And it was a roller coaster for me because I didn't know what the sentence was going to be, what the government was going to do, what the judge was going to do. So, you know, someday I'd get a call with my lawyer and I would be somewhat hopeful. And then other days I wouldn't hear from my lawyer for like a week and I'd be very upset and not knowing what's going to happen. So some days I'm thinking, well, you know, based on what my lawyer said, I, I might only do 12 months, you know, and then be able to get out and do like a year of probation or something. And then other days I'd be like, man, they're going to fuck me over. You know, I, I don't want to do 20 years in prison. I didn't, you know, I don't deserve that. And, it, you know, the judge may screw me over the government saying all this terrible stuff. The media saying all this terrible stuff. They might force the judge's hand. Didn't Torio just get 22 years like a few days ago? The yes, 
Yes, but the thing is, and this is, I think, the mistake that a lot of the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers made, was that they chose to go to trial. Going to trial in D.C. as a Trump supporter who was there on January 6th is a very large mistake. Because if you, and this is terrible about the justice system, okay, but it's just the fact that the federal prosecutors, the Justice Department has a 98% guilty plea rate, not a conviction rate, a guilty plea rate. What that means is that they level all these charges at people. And then they say, oh, you have all these charges that we're charging with. Now, what we're going to do is we'll give you this, you know, uh, this plea deal where you just plead guilty to these two things or this one thing and we'll drop all these other charges. If they go to trial, though, if they say, no, we're going to trial. Oh, well, and in that plea deal, you plead out and you get a certain amount of time based on that plea deal. Now, in some cases, the judge is able to do whatever they want and say, oh, no, I'm going to give them this much time either above or under what the government is requesting or what the guidelines say. Um, but if you go to trial, all of that goes out the window. And if you lose your trial, they throw the frickin' book at you. They give you a, a very long sentence because you chose to go to trial, which I don't think that's right at all. Um, the whole point of the justice system is to have a fair trial in, with a jury of your peers. But the mistake that a lot of the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers made was thinking that they were going to get a fair trial in D.C. Because that is not a jury of their peers. D.C. is like 95 percent liberal Democrats. And these are people that literally believe the Mockingbird media when they say that January 6th was a violent insurrection, a deadly insurrection and one of the worst days in American history. So it was, in my opinion, a bad chess move. And I understand why they did it, because, you know, they're, they're trying to take a stand against corruption. I get that. And for that, I, I you know, I sympathize and, and, you know, I empathize for their cause. But, you know, Sun Tzu, Art of War, never fight a battle you know you cannot win. You know, do not fight in the a battle where it is uphill in the rain and it's in the dark and it's nighttime you just don't do that and that's pretty much equivalent to what the legal system is for these people in dc regarding the federal court systems of dc so in my opinion it was a mistake for them to go to trial because then they got slammed with all that time bro do you know something uh something often like untalked about is like some of the stuff that the FBI dropped on J6. So like I've talked about this so many times and people will hear you and be like, oh, conspiracy theorists. No, it's fucking true. Like, so the Pelosi brother files, like, like we all know how corrupt and how bad the Pelosi like family is. Uh, the, the father, the mayor of Baltimore, the son, her brother, uh, gang rapist, fucking pedo gang rapist, by the way, as well, yeah. Uh, loved uh, young teenage girls, unfortunately, and did, did bad things. And, like, the FBI released, I mean, even though they're redacted, right, but, like, the one day ever you're going to drop these files, and this is no fucking shit, people. This is documented. You can go and look. January the 6th, the FBI dropped the Pelosi brother files. 
very i mean even though it's redacted a lot of it you can still like pick up on a lot of shit the level of investigation blah 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 i mean do you know jake i, I say no smoke without fire right and i'm a, I, you know I, i'm all about operation paperclip like i i know long before that what's been going on for many centuries what people seem seeing playing out now is it hasn't been going on for decades it's been going on for centuries uh quickly though jake very quickly though that that mayor i mean you were talking about the dc deal the mayor she was a right cunt oh wasn't she uh what was her name again i haven't even tried to look this up miriam barker or something was it the the mayor you know what i'm talking about just want to let you know jake yeah, so I know, dude. I know. I'm well versed. Okay. I'm. I, I have a good Irish friend that happens to be in the listening uh, crowd here. Love you, Penny. Um, and he 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 uses uh, good Irish slang every now and then. So I'm I'm well versed in it. Dude, you know some of though. No, no. I mean, I thought Laurie Lightfoot was fucking bad, right? But that woman uh, is it Miriam Bowser? Miriam Bowser. It's Miriam Bowser. That's her. That oh, she's a right cunt. Right, she is a fucking poor bro. She's a cunt, by the way. Sorry. So yeah, man, if you went through shit, it's probably. I mean, I've heard she had the beck and call of all of the J six shit. I mean, she's the one allegedly that made the call of like, no, no, let them, let them go, let them go. You know. This well, is hold a- on a second. Let, let hold on a second, because I recently did a spaces with uh, Tariq Johnson. Tariq Johnson is the guy that cleared. He was a Capitol police officer that actually cleared the Senate before protesters were able to get into the building, um, and he was trying to clear the House. Now he was saying that the real responsibility for January sixth lies in the lap of a woman named Yogananda Pittman who was in charge of the Capitol uh, Police Intelligence and her underling, a woman named, uh, I believe it's uh, Julie Farnham. And um, they did not inform the police chief, Chief Sund, who did a interview with Tucker Carlson. They did not inform him any bit of this. And the House and the Senate both passed a law before January 6th that restricted the Capitol Police officer's ability to call in the National Guard at his will. Um, And Mark Milley over in the Pentagon and a number of other high-level officials in the Pentagon did not inform Chief Sund of what they understood that there were supposedly uh, supposed to be a number of uh, known terrorists in the crowd on January 6th. And uh, the FBI, who obviously had infiltrated the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers, did not um, inform Chief Sund. Um, And then if we get into this thing about how uh, that Laura Loomer, the story Laura Loomer just broke about how it is that, um, you know, the CIA and the FBI may very well uh, be coordinating with underground Nazi groups in the United States, in particular, a guy named that they call Boneface. I think his name is Kent McClellan um, and how he was. supposedly um, flown over to Ukraine after he was busted for trying to conduct terrorist activity in Florida. He was flown over to Ukraine at some point in in the recent past to fight alongside Nazis in Ukraine um, in a covert war with Russia. And uh, then we get into the fact that um, uh, Sergei Dindabin, I believe that's how you say his name, 
the Binan or something like that. Anyway, this guy uh, took a picture with me on January 6th. I didn't know the guy at all. It was just another person in the crowd of millions of people. There was like, hey, you know, you, you want to you want to take a picture? Can I take a picture with you? I said, yeah, sure. So I stuck my tongue out and to pose for a picture as I normally do. And um, that picture ended up going viral. And the feds asked me, and this is this is one of the things the story that Laura Loomer broke was that the feds asked me in in my in an in a questioning after I was arrested in sometime in March of 2021, they asked me if I knew this man. I said no. Who is that? And they said that he was a Ukrainian spy. Now, what's really interesting about that is the fact that that guy Sergei uh, Dubinin, um, he was a part of a film crew that was associated. This film crew and this film company that he was associated with was associated with a Ukrainian oligarch that was um, a part of Burisma, which is involved in the Biden, uh, Hunter Biden thing, Hunter Biden scandal. And he also was a large um, deciding factor in getting Zelensky installed in Ukraine as the president. And these, this film crew was there the day and, and like present for the breach of the capital. So we have to ask ourselves, is it possible that Ukrainian spies had infiltrated the capital on the day of January 6th and the feds knew that they were there and have not said anything because Sergei uh, Dubinin uh, 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 has not been arrested as far as my knowledge goes. And to speaking to the point of who hasn't been arrested, there's also a guy uh, that was uh, with Antifa named Jaden X, who also has not been arrested. Um, he was supposedly there for Ashley Babbitt's murder. So that means he was in the building filming all of that stuff. And apparently, according to Jaden X's brother, at least that's what this article is saying online, that Jaden X's brother has come forward and said that Jaden X was actually uh, working with or talking to rather um, Ray Epps before the uh, J6 event and that there was a CNN um, journalist and and um, like camera person that was with Jaden X throughout the whole process. So he hasn't been arrested either, and neither has been neither has been Ray Epps arrested. Wait, so haven't haven't they just? I thought they just issued an arrest warrant for for Ray Epps, no? Haven't they? I thought they had a few weeks. Did ago. they? I mean, that would that would. I mean, I I I don't know. Um, but so, if we look yeah. if we look at the way that the media has handled him. If we look at the way the government has handled him, considering the fact that he is like one of the only people that is seen, if not the only person seen before January 6th on tape talking about going into the Capitol, you'd think that he would be one of the first people arrested. And another added factor is Nick Fuentes hasn't been arrested either, as far as to my knowledge. And he was there on January 6th telling his griper friends to go Pass the barriers to ignore the police and to go into the Capitol. There's there's video evidence of this shouting it on a megaphone. So why isn't he being arrested? Why isn't he being interrogated for inciting, you know, what happened on January 6th by telling he apparently 2000 of his followers were there on January 6th, many of whom have been arrested for doing exactly what he said to do. Yeah, the re I mean, the reps thing, that's one of the biggest things for me. If anybody in the audience that doesn't know, that's the big guy in the crowd the night before with a cap on saying we have to march down there, we have to get in the Capitol. Uh, he was obviously videoed the next day. 
And he's like, they never even went near him, looked for him or anything. No, they went after everybody else that they decided to go after, but they didn't go after Reeps. It was a, a real conspiracy. Like, is this guy? But I have seen the videos of like, you know, Antifa getting changed uh, in the, in the bushes. Like, I've seen like so much bad shit about J Six that like. I mean, it was a rowdy picnic, you know. I know on one side of the building there was a bit of commotion, uh, but on the other side, I mean, they opened the doors and they welcomed everybody in. It was like, hello, come on in, like, let's go, cream tea and scones. I saw people getting escorted around. Dude, Jay, can I ask a question? I mean, I presume you weren't high, uh, but... When you when you were in there uh, at that moment, now looking back on it, do you wish you were on mushrooms at that particular time? Oh but God, no! That sounds terrible. What a bad trip. You know what's funny about that though is that Tucker Carlson on the twenty first and twenty second of July in twenty twenty two went on his show and told his whole audience that I was on mushrooms, wandering around the Capitol, making funny noises, and screaming about peace. None of that, none of that is true. Okay. I was not quote unquote wandering around the Capitol on mushrooms, screaming about peace and making funny noises. But that is what he told his audience. No, I was not on mushrooms. Dude, if I'm going to. Did you, were you, you sport room, didn't you? Not so long ago, you sport room. Did you confront them over that? Did you? Well, I've never seen or talked to Tucker Carlson. I thought you had no. Okay, I'm a no. I no. He has he has chosen for whatever reason. He and his producers have chosen not to do an interview. I mean, they'll do an interview with a, a, a guy that you know does coke and is sucking Obama's dick, but he's not going to do an interview with me for whatever reason. He'll fly to <laughs> to you know your Romania and talk to Andrew Tate, you know, but he's not going to fly to Phoenix and talk to me for whatever reason. And I'm trying not to hold that against him. You know, I'm trying to see things from an objective perspective, but I. I am somewhat hurt by the fact that he has chosen not to converse with me, considering the fact that he claimed that he had a lot of sympathy for me due to the fact that the media and the government tried to ruin my life. I think you should just send him a message and tell him you're not going to be ignored. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> well, I, I, the thing is, I've already tried sending him a DM on Twitter. There's lots of people that have tagged him in interviews that I've done in the past saying, Tucker, you need to interview this guy. Tucker, you need to interview this guy. When are we going to get a Tucker Carlson interview? And I haven't heard a peep. Oh, uh, so listen, I would I, I just wanted to know, Robo, do you think it's time to let some people ask questions? Because we had Corey and there was another gentleman here um, for a while that seemed like they wanted What's to hop up and ask questions. OK, I just What's wanted to. All right, Corey, I'm going to let you up and then I've been, can ask an invite. I've been sending invites out like, oh, honestly, but honestly, Jake, listen to me. I fucking know grifters and I know fucking, you know, people who are mentally ill, right? You're a normal fucking rational guy, like all day long. Like I'm telling you, like I know people, man. I've traveled the world, been out in England 15 years now on the road, right? I know fucking people. And I'm telling you, dude, listening to you, 100% compass mentness, like pure based as fuck. I'm listening, thinking these motherfuckers, like, fuck this cunt right over, like, didn't that? Like, you know what I mean? Oh, my goodness. Anyway, no, sorry. I understand exactly what you're saying. Just to let you know, though, allow me to assure you, I am anything but normal. Um, uh, but I am sane. 
I am rational. Um, and I think that uh, what we're dealing with here as far as my um, what seems to be abnormality to some people is that I am not well adjusted in an, in an insane world. I have not become well adjusted in an extremely sick society. And because of that, I might appear abnormal to many. But the, the thing is, is that the world itself is insane. And those that are sane in an insane world will appear to be insane to those that have become well adjusted to an insane world. In the kingdom of the blind, the one-eyed man, one man is king. king. Exactly. Yes, and the two-eyed man is a god. <laughs> bro, bro, can I recommend though? If you're in Thailand, never ever pull that one out because I did once uh, many years ago. By the way, with my missus, and she lost her fucking mind. I, I said it on Facebook. She went, "You motherfucker!" Like went off a nut, and I'm like, "Whoa!" I didn't understand. Obviously, the the previous king of Thailand had lost his eye in a car crash in like the late uh, 1930s uh, in Switzerland. And in a you know sports car back in the day, and I was like, oh shit, I didn't wasn't talking about Thailand, darling. Like, calm down. Anyway, uh, B-Bands, do you want to bring in the guests? And I'll shut the just, fuck up. Just to let you know, I've actually been to Thailand. Oh, bro, you come out here, I'll bring out the red fucking carpet for you next time, son. Don't worry about it. Well, I appreciate that. Oh, I was in the Navy at the time, and you know it's incredible. I was in, I believe it's called P uh, Padia, or, or yeah, I think it's Padia. Padia, Padia. yeah. Oh. Yeah, I was in Pattaya and dude, it's like a border town in Mexico. You know, you got all these vendors coming up to you trying to sell you stuff. You got people offering, you know, to take you to the shooting range. You got chicks, you know, approaching you wanting to, you know, sucky, sucky, five dollar. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy, man. And like you got the <laughs> buy me drink bars and stuff. It was nuts. Brought to like the armpit, it's like the absolute armpit of Thailand. I mean, the thing is, it's an armpit on a beach. It reminds me a little bit of uh, San Antonio, uh, not San Antonio Bay, but San Antonio, like the main part of Ibiza, where it's like just an armpit. You know, you're going to get all the people going, oh my goodness, but never mind. We've got people, uh, right, B-Bands, introduce your guests. You brought people up, darling. Come on. Of course, of course we got, hey, don't, don't tell me how to do my job, Robo. <laughs> we got Corey Cullington here. Um, he says, let's have a nice, friendly Twitter talk. And he is a he, him. Uh, opinions are my own. Hi, Corey. How are you? Hey, doing well. How are you? What do you... Pretty good. What questions do you have for our guests? Well, so I, I didn't want to interrupt the space too much because I'm not sure if it was more of a QA or just come on and comment, but uh, I had some comments, so that's cool. I've got comments about you. Dude, what are you doing with pronouns? I mean, is that part of your job or something? He's just making sure everybody knows. You have to. Uh, okay. That, that's always going to be a, a like, mm, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure we, about We can tell by the sound of his voice he's a, he's a male. He didn't have the plural law. To be fair, he didn't have the plural. I was just, was I was just reading his Twitter, his Twitter bio. Oh. Corey, what would you like to share with us, please? <laughs> yeah, I just want to mention. I would just like to say I don't identify as transphobic. You know you're identifying as rude right now, Bruce, and you, you. Sh I'm lagging. <laughs> Corey, speak, okay. <laughs> well, Corey, I'm, I'm, I'm lagging. Yeah, you guys were talking a bit about, or Jake had mentioned uh, uh, Jaden X, John Sullivan. Um, just want to let you guys know he has been arrested, charged, but just isn't being held pre-trial. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of stuff about him currently being in Ukraine and why and all that. 
but um just wanted to make that point and then also so are you saying he fled the country i don't know about fled i think he was actually given permission perhaps to do it but he's not it doesn't seem in the u.s because there's media of him over in ukraine right now or maybe not right now but there was so Oh my goodness. So, so like I'm considered a flight risk, but this guy that was in the Capitol and was filming Ashley Babbitt being shot is allowed to go to Ukraine. I mean, it seems like it. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing was, uh, uh, the East doors, they were opened from the inside by George Tenney, who was also arrested and charged. That was at two twenty four PM. So they weren't just opened by cops. Is that the magnetic doors that had to be opened from the inside? Correct. The delayed egress doors, they're fire code doors that you uh, press and hold for 15 seconds uh, and then oh, actually press and hold for three seconds, wait 15 seconds and then the door will open. Well, from what I understand, I, I've seen the video footage. There is people that are like waving at the cameras to open the doors and then the doors are opened. And the only way they could be opened from what I understand, and this is just from my understanding, the only way they could be opened is from the central command station within the Capitol. Yeah, no, that would be a massive fire code violation. And if you wanted to turn the Capitol into a tomb, if there was a fire, that'd be a good way of doing it. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for that, Corey. Um, we have a new speaker. This is a Canabian cowboy. He's a nomad, grow hemp. I love to cook. Anti-woke, wef agendas. And Canabian. I'm glad you said his name. <laughs> Canabian, how can, um, what would you like to share with us? Well, how first, can you... <laughs> first off, I want to say hello to everyone. I, I don't want to share anything. I just got a lot of questions, you know. Going back to uh, what Jake was saying um, and RAC, um, rack, I like that. Um, I don't understand like what the fuck is going on like it's so fucking huge it's so multi it's it's you know obviously it's globalist agenda it's an attack on america is it propelled by china maybe possibility if you're hearing kids laughing and and screaming in the background it's because there's a uh, well there's a kindergarten kind of you know well there's a child care uh, services uh, in the back um, not governmental, you know, it's basically oh, preschool. Oh, quickly though, quickly. China, China <laughs> is... I'm just China trying to find out, like, what the hell is going on? Like, you no, know, no, you had mentioned China about crazy, you had mentioned about the world is getting crazy, and yes, I do believe I am, like, walking on eggshells, you know, as a conservative, libertarian, um... Dude, dude, wait a minute. I'd never, ever, ever, ever normally like mute things. Listen, China, like I, there was a time when I thought China was a threat, right? Let me tell you, after a lot of deep diving and research since then, even though they kind of are a little bit, they're nowhere near the picture that's been painted. Like literally, if you're American, forget the fuck about China pull your eyes elsewhere, especially internally. And that's all I want to say about the China story. Like, dude, sorry, like I've, I've learned that and it's been a hard learning process because obviously I've been to China, I spent some time there a while back. Uh, I've seen exactly the authoritarian like aspect of like living there. But, you know, Z, right, spends every day just trying to stay in power. 
the Navy are not what you think they are. They haven't got fucking 35 years, 40 years of submariner experience, right? Like, China is a fucking boogeyman. That's all I want to say. As someone, as an intelligent guy, I thought I was intelligent, right? And I really believed that China was a boogeyman. And then I fucking found out, I realized, Nana, we're being let out. Even I know all about the string of pearls, right? That they've got gone across Asia. I know exactly what they've done in East Africa, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They're just nowhere near on the status or the level of, like, say, the US, for example. But yeah, bro, please go ahead and continue. I just, I had to stop the China stuff, like, because it's nonsense. And I've only just found this out in the last, like, three, four months. Go ahead, dude. So basically, it's a corporate warfare. Like, I'm, I'm thinking, like, the only reason they would want to try to take over all geological lo locations, you know, like, um, you know, Bill Gates buying up America's farmland, um, telling us what to eat, go get vaccinated, depopulation, World Economic Forum agendas, or previously it was Agenda 21. It's it's getting crazy out there, you know. And going back to what Jake was saying, you know, I, I feel like uh, a man about to, you know, knowing that he's insane and, and staying integral, <laughs> integrity, okay? And um, I know I'm crazy, but what the crazies don't know is that they're not, you know, they think they're not crazy. That's what the that's what's crazy about it, you know. They think well, that. Can I can I answer your question really quick go before ahead, you? Jake. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So first of all, I'm not crazy. Okay, uh, the world is crazy. Now I have uh, come to discover. You say what is going on? So, I'm sure you're familiar with Operation Paperclip. When the, when the United States procured over 1,500 Nazi scientists, doctors, and intelligence agents, they brought them over to the United States. They wiped their war crimes clean. They gave them new identities, false identities. Then they placed them at the highest levels of power in the bureaucracy, within the media, within the Central Intelligence Agency, within the space program, within our medical apparatus, et cetera, uh, within our technological apparatus. Now, um, from there, we have to go to something called Operation Gladio. Operation Gladio is when there were a number of underground Nazi terrorist cell groups in all of the European countries that were left behind by the Nazis after they left Europe and went to Argentina and Antarctica. And um, Operation Gladio is basically Operation Paperclip and that government that was infiltrated by the Nazis using these underground Nazi terrorist cells, almost like sleeper agents to uh, destabilize the European countries that they were still in. And through the destabilization of these countries through, you know, underground terrorist attacks and stuff like that, as well as, you know, economic warfare and things of that nature, each of these European countries began to fall like dominoes one by one. And from that infiltration and from that degradation of these European nations, we get the the uh, uh, we get NATO, 
And so NATO is founded upon largely Nazi tactics and infiltrating Nazi groups, either in European countries or in foreign governments like the United States. Now, what we're talking about here is something called covert warfare. So let's understand, and I'm going to unpack all of this for you, but it might take a minute, okay? So I'll help you That's to try good. to understand what's actually going on. Thank you, Jake. Take the time you need. <laughs> all right. Okay. Okay. So clandestine warfare is when the government has secret or top secret operations that they sanction. And then if the operation goes belly up, then the government takes responsibility. Covert warfare is when the government funds, trains and arms underground militias or underground terrorist organizations that end up doing the bidding of the government. But the government can basically have plausible deniability and say, oh, no, it's not us. It's just this underground group. Okay. Now, the reason for this, the reason for covert warfare is because the governments don't want to be seen doing direct conflict in an unsanctioned war, and they want to serve an agenda that is for the government. So these underground terrorist groups will do the bidding of governments without the government being associated with them. A good example of this is what happened with Al-Qaeda in Afghanistan, where they were fighting the Soviets on behalf of the United States government. This is where we get into this idea of the CIA funding, training, and arming Al-Qaeda in Afghanistan during the Cold War. This is a covert war because during the Cold War, the United States could not be seen in a hot war with Russia in Afghanistan. So they armed, trained, and funded these underground groups in Afghanistan so that they could basically do the bidding of the United States government without us being directly involved in a hot war with Russia. Now, if we look at what's going on in Ukraine, the fact that there was a coup in Ukraine in 2014 during the Obama administration that uh, was largely sanctioned through covert warfare um, with the United States funding, arming and training individuals in Ukraine, in particular Nazis that were in Ukraine and um, how it relates to the idea of uh, installing a puppet government. And then that puppet government allows the United States and their corporate interests to move into Ukraine to mine things like uranium or drill for oil or you know what have you, as well as um, having a strategic location that borders Russia, okay? Um, then you have people like John McCain and Lindsey Graham and stuff going to Ukraine in 2016. Um, and you have uh, the Burisma thing with Hunter Biden, which Joe Biden was in charge of Ukraine during the Obama administration and the funneling of money to Ukraine, whether it be through arms or through direct funding from our defense budget, et cetera. It's basically a large money laundering machine. Now, we also have to factor in the child and the human trafficking that's coming out of Ukraine when it's essentially a lawless state where it's a war-torn country and there is no real um, system. And so people can fall through the cracks and people can be trafficked. We also have, the, obviously, the arms dealing. We have the drug trade and stuff like that. Now, human trafficking, child trafficking, uh, the underground arms dealing, as well as um, the drug trade, all of these things 
are covert operations that create black budget money. This is money that is off the books that is made by the CIA and stuff like that. If you want to, you know, look for context regarding that, you can look into the Iran Contra scandal where the CIA was bringing cocaine from uh, Central and South America into the United States, making that money. Then they were using that money to fund foreign wars like in Iran and, and in the Middle East and abroad. So they were taking that funny money and then they were funding these underground groups for covert warfare and nations where the United States would not sanction a war in these foreign nations. So we have something very similar going on in Ukraine. Now, um, think about this. When Donald Trump chose to investigate Hunter Biden and Burisma, that was the first time that they, uh, the uh, deep state tried to impeach him. And it's because he had his hand on the thread that if pulled would unravel the sweater. Okay. Now, if we look a little bit further on down the line, we can see that obviously there was a Ukrainian spy by the federal government's own admission. There was a Ukrainian spy on January 6th. His film crew was associated with a oligarch in Ukraine that's associated with Burisma and with Zelensky. Okay, and no real investigation has been done into this. And the Mockingbird media is not reporting it. And I call them Mockingbird media because of Operation Mockingbird when the CIA infiltrated major media outlets in the United States so as to control the narrative regarding the anti-war movement and uh, the civil rights movement. And ever since Operation Mockingbird has been in full swing and uh, the narrative in the United States has been controlled. So if we look at the situation and what's going on, what we are seeing is that the very tactics that were used in Nazi Germany to take over Germany and the very tactics that were used to destabilize Europe and take over Europe are born out of the Nazi playbook, which is largely a socialist playbook. Okay, and socialism, fascism, communism, they're all tightly knit, they're all together, they're all essentially authoritarianism. Now, the difference between socialism or communism and uh, fascism is this. In communism and socialism, the government outright controls everything. And it's, you know, front page, everybody knows the government is what is controlling industry. Whereas in fascism, there is an illusion of a free market. Fascism is essentially the collusion between uh, corporate interests and the use of the government's monopoly on the initiation of force to reinforce those corporate interests on the people. So we are currently living in a fascism. We are not living in a a capitalist state because the bureaucracy within the United States is actually controlling industry and they are colluding with the very corporations that these bureaucratic agencies are supposed to be regulating to reinforce the monopolies that these corporations have over our labor and over our resources. And that also goes for our financial system as well. So there are certain patents, what are called disruptive patents or disruptive technologies that have been kept classified by the United States government for decades. And it is these patents that would essentially threaten these monopolies held by these corporations. So coming back to this idea of a World Economic Forum globalist agenda, okay, this is really important. The same entities have been funding both sides of every single war since, the, since Napoleon, okay? Um, this, like um, RAC said, is literally centuries in the making. This has been going on for centuries. And in some cases, all depending on how far back you look, millennia. All right. And 
what we're witnessing here is the same tactics that were being used in Nazi Germany, where you have deep underground military bases, you have top secret research, whether it be technological, whether it be medical and through the use of inhumane medical human experiments, whether it be um, information or propaganda campaigns and psychological warfare being perpetrated on the public, all of these things are classified. And so behind the legal, uh, through the legal system, all of this stuff is kept from the public. Okay, and these same tactics are being used all around the world. Okay, they're being used all around the world so that 150 or so corporations can monopolize all the resources and all the labor on the planet. And simultaneously, this is being done through debt based fiat currencies. Okay, central banking systems. So the financial systems themselves all interlink and tie together to create profit for less than 1% of the population and enslave the other 99% to a system that they do not fully understand, but is legally protected. Yes. Um, So I just wanted to just hop in real quick. One second. One no, second. I'm supposed to say, wait, wait a minute. No. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Shout okay. out. Shout out. Annie. Shout out. Annie Jacobson. If anyone in the audience hasn't like read Annie Jacobson, please go and do it. Uh, Operation Paperclip and uh, Surprise Kill Vanish, which is the one she did like what about two and a half, three years ago or something. If you want to learn about like the CIA and obviously it's precursor the OSS, uh, like you you need to like understand how the Korean War. Uh, created what it did. You need to understand, like Vietnam. You need to understand the drug trade. Uh, the, there's so many things that, like, if you didn't even know about, like, the real deepest, darkest depths of fucking history, like, you should do. That's all I want to say, Bands Is like Annie Jacobson. Anybody can go and read her. She's got some amazing books. Teach you a lot of stuff if if you don't know about it. Awesome. Thank you. Um, I want to give. Grayson, an opportunity to talk. He's an America First, chairman of a nationalist network, and he loves speech. He was patiently waiting. Um, I gave him the speaker. So if he would like to share a quick, you know, question or talk with us, that would be awesome. And then we'll get back to Canada, Canada Beings question. Well, really quick, really quick. Let me just wrap this up because I was almost done. Is that okay? It's always okay. I just didn't know if you were going to wrap it up. (laughs) Yeah, I know it's a lot. I know it's a lot. But 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 the thing is, is that there is a lot to unpack here. So basically what we're looking at is a quote unquote new world order through international banks and international corporations and international government entities like the United Nations, okay, or international um, organizations like the World Economic Forum, the Bilderberg Group, the Council on Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission, NATO, uh, yes, and even the CCP and their involvement, okay. What we're witnessing is these international groups are working with national governments or national bureaucracies, which are these uh, fascist or communist countries where all of these interests, mutual interests are converging. And you don't, and to quote George Carlin, you don't need a conspiracy where you have a meeting of mutual self-interest. Okay. So 
what we're witnessing is the same tactics that have been used for decades to monopolize resources, to monopolize labor, to monopolize currencies and infiltrate countries and funnel all of our energy, all of our time, all of our money, all of our uh, resources toward 1% or less than 1% rather of the population. And the creation of a legal system that protects these people and, and their monopolies and, and shields these monopolies from public view. But what is happening now is that more and more people are becoming aware of it. And that's why Operation Mockingbird Media is so important, because they act like a smokescreen for these corporate interests, for these bureaucratic agencies, for these intelligence agencies, and keeping the truth from the people. Okay, so are we good to go to Grayson? Yeah, yeah, I was done. I just hope that that answers his question. I hope that answers Kennedy's uh, awesome. question. Is your, yeah, is your question answered? Yeah, it's been answered. And uh, yeah, there's, uh, you know, it's like the, it's uh, like the Hydra, uh, you know, you cut one head off and then another one appears, you know, Black Rock and all that, you know, the Boston Marathon, man, you know, all this, all this shit that's happening. And by the way, I'm Canadian. So that's why I chose Canadian cowboy. <laughs> and um that's all let's go let's go to the next speaker please go well, and ahead. really quick the only way other people Canadian. talk i love yeah. to get i just absolutely love to hear people talk and have their ideas you know forwarded and and so i can make sense of it all for myself personally you know i'm not here to get rich i'm not here to get lucky i'm just here to survive well, the only way to get rid of the Hydra is not by cutting off heads, it's by crushing it. And the only way that we can crush it is through our collective consciousness and everybody understanding what is actually going on. All right, Grayson, you're up. All right, thanks for having me on. I really love listening to the Jake talk. And I remember meeting him in Phoenix at a protest before and then at the Million MAGA marches. So he's a real one. I just wanted to touch on something that was said a little while ago about Ray Epps. I, me and my buddies, we're the ones that went and confronted him at his ranch and asked him about his involvement. I really do think that he is a federal asset of some sort because he worked with the Oath Keepers in Phoenix, Arizona. And then all of a sudden, uh, Stuart Rhodes, leader of the Oath Keepers, gets convicted and Ray Epps goes free. They both had equal involvements and Ray Epps is on video on January 6th directing people. So it's, it pretty much goes without saying that he somehow got a secret deal behind the scenes for giving people up. And um, yeah, just keep it up, Jake. Love listening to him. He talks about a lot of stuff that I already know, but always has something interesting and new to add in. So very, very cool. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, Canadian, did you have another question that you wanted to ask? I know you said you had more than one. Well, I got a question. RAC, where, what's your uh, nationality or cultural background? I'm, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what mine is. I'm, uh, my mother's French Canadian, passed away in 2016. Two, and two months later, my father that immigrated here, thanks to my grandfather, who was part of the resistance in Italy against fascism, speaking about Jake's uh, 
uh, information um, that, uh, well, you know, they tried to retaliate against uh, Mussolini and they and they succeeded. They eliminated Mussolini. But, um, you know, there was the Canadian, uh, British, Scottish, uh, American uh, joint um, tactical, no, I guess the first special forces called the Red Brigade. And that's how my grandfather immigrated here in Canada um, after World War II. Um, I'm, I, I, I just have a question. You guys, uh, RSC, okay? Where are you from? Let, you know, let me understand who you are because I just met you. I just, I just dropped, dropped on the line. I'm, I'm really happy, by the way, talking to Jake. Um, I've, I've seen a lot of stuff happening, man, during the Freedom Convoy. A lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. I was part of uh, all the protests during the COVID and uh, all the mandates. I, you know, I understood or I thought I understood uh, the WEF and their web, uh, you know, liaisons. Um, so go ahead, RAF, you know, talk about yourself a little bit, man. I, I don't know who well, you are. You know, okay, um, well, just... hold on. I totally agree with you. We will tell you about Rack FM, but I feel like Jake is the star, and I would love to be like. Let, let's focus on Jake. He's can, our guest. We can go on Jake. We can go on Jake. We'll I go, think we should. We'll... I think Jake should continue because he's very, very intelligent and very informed, okay. and I'm Absolutely. happy. I'm happy I'd to, like, to actually. Like to know. He answered my question, and I, you know, and it's been oh. four years. I know. Bro, I'd like to know, I'd actually like to know, before we bring your man in, uh, Jake, what about your first day out of prison? I mean, what did you do when you got out? Did you have a pasty? Did you have a pint? I mean, what did you do, bro? Did you did you go and have a, a decent shower or what? Well, I don't drink alcohol. Um, I, I don't like alcohol. It could um, have been a pint of milk. It could have been a pint of milk or something. You know what I mean, bro? Yeah, um, I actually fasted for a little bit after I got out um, because I wanted to reset my system from all of the non-organic stuff they were feeding me while I was in prison. Um, so uh, it was um, it was just nice to be able to go for a walk. It was nice to be able to take my dog for a walk or go for a hike or go to the store. You know, that that was cool. <laughs> you know, it's funny, the things that we take for granted. And, um, you know, I was just oh, happy bro, to be you, free. You had a dog. You had a dog. You got separated from your dog, did you? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he's my little buddy. I missed my rod boy. I missed oh, my little rod. Boy. That would kill me. Like, bro, you've melted my heart right now. That would kill me. Like, honest to God, I swear. Yeah, Robo can't be separated from Winston. That's all I have to say. So we have Carrie Ann with her hand up or his or I don't know. We'll find out. Um, Carrie Ann, welcome. And uh, please share your questions. Hey there. Um, I came in really late. I, I think you were just taking questions. So I missed a whole bunch. Um because I was in a different space, which I want to mention to Jake. Um, ever since Jake was released and I heard him speak, I heard you speak, Jake, for the first time. Um, well, I did. I, I guess I did see you on Tucker. But 
and, and I'm very, I was very impressed with you. But since then, I, it, I'm so impressed with your mind. Honestly, it's just you totally blow me away every time I hear you. Um, I'm so grateful. Is it Bill Shipley, your lawyer? Yes, that's correct. Okay. I'm just and just so, so you know, I was never on Tucker Carlson's show. What did I see you on initially? Michael Knowles, or, likely. Okay, that must be what, was that right after you were released? Uh, it was like a month or so after, but yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I've, I've seen you on so many things now since, since they finally released you. So I am confused. I couldn't t- tell you. No, there's, a, um, there's a deep fake. There's a deep fake, Jake, isn't there? Isn't there a deep fake? I'm sorry? There's a deep fake of him and Tucker Carlson or something. I've seen like this clip where. No, no, like, no. Oh no! I can't hear. I can't hear that, RACF. That. Evan. I can't oh, hear can't him. Hear, um, I have to drop down Robo? and come back in because I can't hear the host. Oh my gosh! Okay, pop back. It was Robo asking. Yeah. No, um, no. I've seen this B bands. I've actually seen this like the little thing. Said he can't hear you. It wasn't long where it's him and Tucker Carlson. But like I was like, at first I was like, wait a minute, that's not quite right. And then like I didn't pay much attention at the time. But like oh. You know what I think oh. it is? I I think it was when Tucker did Tucker have a show about Jake? Yes, he did. Yeah, it, that was in that was in March of 2023. He aired the footage. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. I'm sorry. That's exactly what I'm thinking. I'm so sorry, Jake. Now I've seen you honestly probably a hundred times on I, I go to your Forbidden Truth Academy site. I've watched a bunch there. I've got your book, which I'm reading, which I hope you've mentioned, but if not, it's called One Mind at a Time, A Deep State of Illusion, which I'm reading right now. Um it, just amazing. I am just I know you, you probably think I'm stalking you, but honestly, I think I'm old enough to be your mom. I have a son about your age. I'm just so impressed with you. You know, definitely your mind, but your character just, I cannot believe what they did to you. It disgusted me, but no matter what their goal was with you, (laughs) clearly it didn't work. You know, you just are so far above um, that that the crap that is our government. Um, the reason I was late for this space was I was in a space which was a subscriber only space and name redacted happened to be in there. Um, he posted something recently, um, which he said, he, I, I'm going to, I think I'm going to post it and then um, tag you in it because he talks about Operation Mockingbird and how it's expanded so much to, um, you know, the intel communities and social media and all of that. And you're always talking about um, Operation Mockingbird for good reason. Um, I just want to make sure, I don't know if you're following him or not. If not, you should probably, but, um, and I do not know him personally. His, his name really is redacted to me. I don't know. I don't know him, but I like him. He, I've been following him since I got on that. Elon just allowed me back on Twitter. I had been banned for two years because I was a truth teller. Um, and they didn't like that as you know, I'm sure. But anyway, I'm sorry, I'm kind of all over the place, but 
I, I just wanted to let you know. You Gucci, you Gucci. Uh, we all we all have those fanboy moments, you know. Uh, by the way, Chaos. If you've never read Chaos, it's a really good fucking read. Uh, I can't even remember. It's a late for me, so I'm not, I can't even remember his name. Uh, but Chaos, uh, which is to do with like obviously San Fran, all of the like MK Ultra, etc. Like what you're talking about, uh, Mockingbird, etc. But like a great read. We're talking about like we, you know, we're talking about some shit in the past, but we'll back it up with like really good like books that are out there that you can go and like read. Uh, okay. But not to be overlooked that period in life. That 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 like. Late fifties, early sixties, like a CIA experiments, like what they did, like how we ended up where we did, is like it's a very grim and dark tale. Like it's not for the faint-hearted. Anyway, we've got hands up, uh, hands up, baby, hands up. Da, da, da. Give me your love, give me, give me your love, ooh, Grayson. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Grayson, how are you? Hey, good. I have a question for Jake. I'm going to be coming into Phoenix at the end of the month, and I don't know like what the um, rules are for you having protests or get-togethers, whatever. But I was wondering, my question is, are you going to be having any more protests or or speaker stuff or anything like that where people can come and meet you and hang out or just like, um, you know, protest the Katie Hobbs stuff going on? Well, this is my opinion about this notion of protest. So protesting is a reaction to something. And um, if we are going to make any sort of progress or, you know, make any sort of change, what we need to do is stop reacting to whatever it is that the mockingbird media is saying whatever it is that they're telling us to believe their talking points etc so i am not much for protesting i am not even a political activist i am a spiritual activist and i have something that i do every single saturday at noon at the arizona state capitol on the ley lines that is, we call it an investing. We are investing in the future. We are investing in uh, our children in the seventh generation. We are investing in each other, investing in unity, investing in God and prayer. And that I think is going to create more positive change than any sort of protesting ever will because at that point we are the ones that are being proactive and the mockingbird media has to be reactive to our proactive activity so i would just say that if you're in phoenix um you know you can come down to the arizona state capitol at noon on saturdays we do this every saturday where we do like a prayer a guided meditation we hang around for a little bit then we go home so uh, if you want, you can do that. Um, that's something that is done consistently uh, every weekend. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I just gave them. Oh, wait a minute. Sorry. Wait, a minute wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. She got well robbed, uh, Katie Hobbs. I mean, the proper pulled out all the fucking shit, didn't they? Everything they could. It's as corrupt as it fucking comes, Arizona, man. 
Well, Don, did you did you see the court ruling, the uh, superior court ruling regarding uh, the voter signature verification and how it was basically unlawful here in Arizona? Did you see that court ruling the other day? Bro, I pretty much like catch every single thing about it. I often uh, every day watch uh, Doug in Exile. Like, it's ridiculous what's been going on. Like, I think I think is Arizona the real battlefront before 2024 with the question and the answer is yes it's evident because like georgia they tried to have a battle from there that was fucking lost right which was seen to a further degree now with what's happened with trump like arizona it's the last line of defense isn't it right now dude i know it is arizona is a very special special place there's a lot that has gone on here in this desert it is a very special place uh, on the planet it's along the 33rd degree um ley line the 33rd degree longitudinal line it is uh plugged into the ley lines of the planet um there's a lot of history here in arizona and um it is it is a battlefield or a rather it's it's a spiritual front as well as a political one for the liberation of the planet. It's uh, it's home to Wyatt Earp as well, isn't it? Well, it's not a Wyatt Earp, but uh, Tombstone isn't Tombstone uh, in Arizona, right? OK, Corral and shit. Was, yes. Was in, yeah. Uh, the only Tombstone. Sorry, Bay Vans. Wait, did she mute there or something? I thought I thought she was going to say something. Wait, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Now we can. Yeah. Oh, man, I made a joke, but it's not going to be as good if I tell it now. I, I told it to the mute mic. It's okay. Oroboro, you are up. What would you like to share with us? Oh, hello. Um, yeah, it's an interesting guest for Rack of Um I, um, <laughs> not sure where to start. Um, I, if people really dig into the details of January 6th, it's just, like, it was a very intense event, and you just wanted to, like, I just seen the video of like the New Yorker, I think was really early video. It's just like you were in there just kind of chilling, uh, have like saying your piece of the moment, I suppose. But um, so it's, it's unfortunate how uh, you've been pretty much like a political prisoner. Um, but I, I just I want to connect the dots, I guess, because uh, this is Rack FM. Do you have any like, or I also want to say like, um, just like, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I lost for words, but um, uh, connect the dots. Or it, it's it's really interesting how you like express the current political situation in your artistry. I, it really comes through, and it's very articulate. Um, but just connecting the dots with Rack FM. Um, I guess this is sort of a crypto space. Do you have like any opinions how that could like um, help um, with the political situation? Cryptocurrency. Yeah. Oh, dude, we're all about the crypto, Jake. We're all about the fucking NFTs, the crypto building culture. Like, we, we want to get away from anything centralized, you know? Um, so I want to answer your question, but one second. I'm being asked a question here at home. One second. Are you Gucci? Didn't worry about that, son. You're golden. We'll fill in every fucking Listen, blank. Huh? I like DAOs, but I don't like DAOs that I have to KYC for. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Ooh, not done? a DAO. I am. It, at, once I was, I was reading the white paper and I didn't like it. I was like, why do you have the KYC for a DAO? Are you burning uh, people? Oh, she's out here burning like previous uh, guests and everything. Oh, my goodness. B-Bands, you've got no fucking. Oh, my oh, goodness. No, wait. Oh, I got no fucking what? 
I got you, you thought I was bad. Fucking... You're like you're like Robo. You uh, can't you say that. I... Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I don't mean to interrupt. <laughs> um, so um, cryptocurrency. So here's the thing. I think that crypto has a place. Um, you know, blockchain has a place. Um, anything decentralized is probably a good thing. However, I don't think it is the end all be all. I think that what we need is a multi-leveled approach because if and when the digital um, landscape is upheaved or if it goes dark, then the whole system falls apart. So what we need is we need a, a three-pronged system. What we need is a decentralized currency, like something like crypto that we can fall back on. We also need something like a gold-based currency, like uh, the gold backs that have made their way here in the United States. And we also need something like kind of like a barter system. And we need all of these things because they are all in one way or another decentralized. And if or when one of them falls through or goes belly up, we can then rely on the other ones as a means of maintaining our economic stability. I concur on that idea. I think uh, this cryptocurrency and digital currency is just a, uh, a facade of total control going back to the fascism. If you have all your I information, disagree. I disagree. We need to get we need to get Jake flipping NFTs on the daily. <laughs> oh my gosh, Jake, you need to get yourself a raccoon. But anyways, we'll talk later about that. <laughs> you know, everybody thinks blockchain is like the answer. Actually, I totally agree with you, Jake. It's not the answer, but it's partially getting the way there. Uh, we're all having these like experiences of whether it be you know. Or proof of attendance or proof of liquidity or the proof of everything, you know, uh, verified on trust. It's like quite a weird world, uh, the blockchain world to like, like we live perpetually, uh, Jake, in the blockchain world kind of thing. But like we want to like, obviously, we have these conversations, of course. But like, yeah, man, dude, it's a weird, weird world. We kind of find a little bit of solace over there, if that makes sense, you know. Well, yeah, but the thing is, is that. Anything that threatens the established monopolies, whether that be currency or resources or labor, is going to at some point be co-opted because that's how this stuff works, is that once it gains momentum, once it creates real and affects real uh, change, then it gets co-opted. So we have to factor that into what it is that our approach is going to be. Um, I think that having something of substance that is in hand is extremely important because otherwise it is just a social construct. Otherwise, it is a mental world in which these things have value. So if the digital uh, system goes belly up, then crypto has no value whatsoever because it's on a cloud. But if we have something, for example, like say a gold back, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with gold backs, it's literally like almost like a dollar, except it's made out of gold. It's like a thin, thin piece of gold that could actually be smelted down. And it's like 14 carats or something like that. And it's, it's like a paper dollar, except it's made out of gold. And, and so it's usually it's worth around $5,000, by the way. It's usually worth about $5,000. Oh, what? 
Did, did Nixon what? rob you? It, well, it was Nixon that robbed you of your gold standard, right? In 1972, yeah? Um, you know, I've, I've heard that. Um, I also heard that it was actually FDR in World War II that was, like, really the big push toward getting rid of gold. I think it was in, like, 1933 um, that he did this thing where because of the, quote-unquote, depression, what they did is they went around the country and they grabbed up all the gold that they could and and uh, they they basically moved us closer and closer to the debt-based currency. Um, even I believe it was in the even in the 1920s, there was still currency floating around that was redeemable for gold. Um, now, if we look into the way that um, the after World War II, the United States seized a bunch of Nazi gold that was taken from looting Europe and, and Jewish families and the way that we uh, took a bunch of gold that the Japanese had looted from China. And that was actually, I believe, in the Philippines where they, they hid all that gold and then they found it. Uh, in caves. Um, then we get into another level of the covert operations and how black budget money has been used to fund foreign wars that are not sanctioned by Congress and how it is that that there, there's two financial systems. Okay. There's the monopoly, what I call the monopolized market or what some people call the free market. I call it the monopolized market because that's what it is. And then there's the black market. And the black market is the trade of things like stolen gold, stolen art, um, exotic animals, children, human beings, firearms, drugs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Child pornography, all of that stuff is on the black market. So there's two economies. And one economy is the monopolized market that is, you know, the one that everybody else usually uses. And then there's the black market, which is the one that the underground criminal syndicates and these high level globalist less than one percenter syndicates use to create and maintain their monopolies around the world through illegal activities. And uh, both sides, the monopolized market and the black market are owned by the same people. So what we need to do is create a financial system that is decentralized and is not within that system of control. And cryptocurrency can and will fit into that eventually if it, is, if it hasn't already. I'm sorry to interrupt. So, so Jake, the question I have is, you're talking about free market capitalism. They're, they're attacking that. And can you elaborate on how that may help? If not, you know, if not help at all, I don't know. I want to know, I want to know your, you know, what's the solution, man? We need, these guys are a few, but very rich, very rich. And they control all, like you said, they control all the transactions, whether it's bodies, whether it's drugs, whether it's armament, whether it's military, whether it's uh, politics, you know, you heard you heard Klaus Schwab say, hey, we've infiltrated the cabinet of, you know, Canada, you know, of our, every our, government our, on the planet. Yeah. So the solution is this. What we need to do is, first of all, recognize that everything that we are using in our modern society is based off of a centralized system of control through debt-based fiat currency. So the debt-based fiat currency is like the backbone of the, this parasitic system and the monopolized market. 
We do not live in a capitalist society. We live in a fascist society because fascism is the collusion between corporate interest and government's monopoly on the initiation of force. Okay. Now, what we're talking about when we talk about the monopolized market is, is something called full spectrum dominance. It's a military term. And full spectrum dominance basically means control of the minds of a nation or the public through psychological warfare techniques. That's number one. And then from that level of control over the minds of the public and the populations, you get control of the land, you get control of the seas, you get control of the air and the airspace, you get control of the subterranean or deep underground military bases, extraterrestrial or things like satellites in space. You get control over the uh, chemical and biological agents. You get control over technology, you get control over the medical industry, you get control over the currency, okay? So having this is called full spectrum dominance. Now, the, the globalists, less than one percenters, knew that they could not be God, but that they could play God within a system that they had full control or had full spectrum dominance within. Now, this full spectrum dominance is based on centralization, centralization ma mainly through debt-based fiat currency where they control the currency the, and, and the distribution of funds, and therefore they control the erection of corporate entities and corporate interests, both nationally and internationally. And that also means that they control the funding of governments, government institutions, etc. Okay, so the trick is that the whole infrastructure of our system has become centralized in control and has and the globalists less than one percenters have a full spectrum dominance over our lives now what we have to do is we have to create a new infrastructure and a new system in which it is all decentralized and it is all based on independence not dependence upon their system now the question then becomes how do we do that well, number one, we have to create a new form of currency. That's why I'm advocating for something like a gold back or you know, precious metal-based currency um, and a barter system uh, alongside things like, yes, like crypto um, and, and uh, blockchain and stuff like that. But the other aspect to that is creating a new source or form of energy. So anytime we get a new form or source of energy, it creates economic surplus. It creates economic growth. So I'm sure many in the crowd are familiar with Nikola Tesla and his towers, the Tesla tower technology, where he was attempting to bring infinite free, clean wireless oh, electricity. Dude, dude to, I will I will, our friend builds fucking Tesla turbines, bro. You're talking to the fucking, you're preaching to the choir here, brother. Go on. Sorry. Oh, that's cool. I'm glad to hear that. We need more of that. Um, so infinite free, clean wireless electricity, right? That is uh, to be erected in parallel with this new financial system. And the new financial system in combination with this new source and form of energy will end up creating massive amounts of economic growth, both within the new financial system and within the debt-based currency that we would use in parallel with this new economy. Because we don't want to destroy the old economy. That would create upheaval. What we want to do is create a parallel economy whereby one economy grows and the other economy kind of grows alongside it until the new economy can take the place of the old one. 
Now, another aspect to Nikola Tesla's uh, towers and Tesla Tower technology is not just infinite free, clean, wireless electricity, but also the fact that these towers can be used to communicate globally. Okay, so we don't need to use the centralized control system of the Ericsson Corporation out of Sweden and the Wallenbergs. We don't need to use satellites, cell phone towers, radio towers, etc. What we would use is these Tesla towers to communicate on a global scale, therefore decentralizing the communication grid. Okay, and uh, next, we would also want to use this technology to decentralize agriculture because our agricultural uh, system has largely been centralized through people like Bill Gates or through people like um, Monsanto, et cetera, et cetera, okay? So through the use of these Tesla towers, we can basically use frequencies to enhance the growth of plants. And basically what we could have corn stalks 15 feet tall. We could have cucumbers that are like two feet long and like seven inches thick, okay? What What about hemp, Jake? Oh, hemp, and hemp, hemp, I, I, hemp, dude, hemp, hemp, hemp is the future as well. So that, but that would be on like the industrial side, like that could replace and would replace things like petroleum and stuff like that, because you can actually, and, and lumber for that matter, because you can actually get as much uh, like lumber type uh, uh, material from a, a like three crops of hemp per year that you would get from five years of logging. Now the thing is well, about I, the lumber. Actually, actually, um, ten acres, actually. ten ac- ten acres of trees is uh, for carbon uh, absorption is equivalent to one acre, and I know this because I spent thirteen. For this is why I'm Canadian. I'm a cannabis guy. I I love hemp historically, industrial use, medically, whatever. I've done all my research on that. And it's the only solution to globalism. I well, it's th- definitely, I mean, it's I'm definitely not saying it's the end it's, all it's definitely end a part all. of it. Gentlemen, yes. May I? May I? Um, I have let some people up with the microphone, so I kind of want to give them opportunity to like have your, you know, be able to ask a question. I don't mean to interrupt, but I just kind of want to give people opportunity because I totally know what it feels like to want to ask a question and feel like you can't. I, I don't mind. I don't mind at all. I, I just want to finish awesome. this because this is very important. <laughs> I love. I love you, Jake. You're awesome. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so. Yes, hemp is another part. So it would replace all petroleum products like plastics and stuff without being a pollutant to the planet. Now let's get to this issue of pollutants. So this full spectrum dominant system, because it's based on profiting less than 1% of the population, it is a parasitic system. It is based on industrialization, the creation of what are called anthropogenic chemicals. These are man-made chemicals that do not biodegrade for thousands, if not tens of thousands of years. That's why they've been given the name forever chemicals. And so these forever chemicals do something called bioaccumulation. Because they don't biodegrade, they bioaccumulate in the environment to toxic levels. And then they end up destroying the microbiological life in the soil, the water, and the air, as well as the microbiological life in our bodies is actually so 
from that system, you end up getting the destruction of the microbiological life around the planet. And it is that microbiological life that is the foundation and the basis for all macrobiological systems. So without microbiological life in the soil, you don't get plants. Therefore, you don't get food. Therefore, you get massive what's called ecocide, the destruction of whole ecosystems, ecological collapse. And these things cascade from one ecosystem to another because they're all interconnected. You also get mass extinctions of animals. Okay, you also get uh, the pollution of water supplies so that the microbiological life in the water, which is largely responsible for filtration and cleansing the water, and then the creation of things like algae, plankton, and all other uh, macrobiological systems like seagrass and stuff like that, that, you know, is host to other animals and other uh, uh, fish and shit like that, then you end up collapsing that whole ecosystem as well. And it is from these ecosystems that we get the rejuvenation and the perpetuation of life on the planet. So by using these Tesla towers in combination with things like cannabis and hemp, um, because that's a bioremediating plant, um, bioremediation is basically the conversion of toxic elements or toxic chemicals into organic material. So like hemp is really good with getting rid of nuclear radiation, for example. You can also use bioremediating fungi to consume toxic chemicals like diesel fuel, hydraulic fluid, nuclear waste, radioactive material, toxic waste, etc. You just have to pick the right mushroom and then they, these fungi will eat these toxic chemicals and will convert them into organic material and replenish the ecosystem. So um, these Tesla towers can be used used and the frequencies emitted from them can be used to enhance the growth of these bioremediating fungi so that things like East Palestine, Ohio could have been cleaned up a long time ago. We would have just had to pick the right uh, uh, mushroom, the right fungi to eat the vinyl chloride that is in the ecosystem. So the Tesla towers and these bioremediating uh, components within the ecosystem can be used to neutralize all the pollution and reset these ecosystems and allow them to flourish again. You can also use Tesla towers to do things like controlling the weather in a way that is um, in a way that is uh, essential to the progression of life as opposed to detrimental, like what we're seeing with stratospheric aerosol injections or, in other words, chemtrails, the geoengineering uh, aspect of the globalist new world order. Okay, we can also use these Tesla towers to basically send all of the like aluminum and barium and stuff like that that are being sprayed on us. We can use these Tesla towers to basically neutralize that stuff, send it up into the upper atmosphere, and then it will be neutralized and taken care of from there. So the Tesla Tower situation ends up decentralizing our energy grid. It ends up decentralizing our communication grid. It ends up decentralizing agriculture. It ends up allowing us to use these Tesla Towers to control the weather, to reverse pollution, to um, even do things like water crops and stuff like that through causing rainfall. Um, it also gives us the opportunity to create a new um, uh, transportation grid because there are cars that can be used to run off of these Tesla Tower uh, technologies. Um, there's also so uh, the opportunity to use the electromagnetic ley lines that the Tesla towers run off of like electromagnetic highways in the atmosphere in the earth so that we don't have to build roads, which roads are made with something called atrazine in them. And atrazine is detrimental to not just human biology, but to biology in general. It's the stuff that Alex Jones was screaming about turning the frogs gay. Um, and what? so anyway, oh, Jake, 
Jake. Well, no, no, no we're almost done. We're almost done. I promise we're almost done. Yeah. This is very important. He's nearly that way, So let the man finish. So the Bruce next man, put the your next hand step. down so I don't feel so stressed out. Feeling like people got want to speak and stuff, and you had you got your hand out, stressing me out. Sorry, Jake, continue. Quite all right. So um then that all creates decentralized control regarding the economic infrastructure, regarding our transportation, regarding um communication, regarding energy, regarding agriculture, et cetera. Now, another element to this is the medical industry. So a lot of the diseases that are being created right now or that, that people are suffering from is due to this mass amount of anthropogenic chemical pollution. And then these chemicals bioaccumulate in the body and they cause disease, okay? Along with all the frequencies that are being used to communicate, what are called ELFs, extremely low frequency waves. These are what we're using with satellites, with cell phone towers, radio towers, et cetera, okay? So these things cause neurological disorders, they cause depression, they cause anxiety. They're also known to cause things like cancer. So once we get rid of those and we get rid of the anthropogenic chemicals, then we need to treat the diseases that have been created and, and bring people back to health. And that can be done through energy, frequency, and vibration. Nikola Tesla was working alongside a man named Dr. Royal Raymond Reif. Dr. Reif created a machine working with Tesla that uses frequency and vibration to not just improve human health, but to also destroy microbiological parasites, microbiological uh, cancer, uh, viruses, bacteria, fungus, et cetera, in the body. Similar to how you can destroy a wine glass with sound and frequency, you can also destroy uh, cancer cells etc with sound and frequency so the trick here is is that this will end up basically lowering insurance rates because the whole reason why our insurance rates are so high is because medical bills are so high it will lower hospitalization costs it will also lo lower the um the, the amount of death that is experienced regarding disease okay it also has the ability to reverse the aging process Okay, so that gives us a whole new medical infrastructure that is far, far cheaper and doesn't profit less than 1% of the population. Now, the final aspect to all of this regarding what the solution is to the problem, okay, is that there are certain patents that have been suppressed for a long time, but Donald Trump released three patents. He de declassified three patents in 2020. Okay, they were filed by a man named Salvador Pius. Now, this these three patents are as follows. Number one, a zero point energy engine. We are talking about an engine that extracts energy from the quantum foam that is at the, the base fundamental level of creation. So it's an infinite, free, clean energy engine that we can use. Number two is what's called a room temperature superconductor. This is a uh, superconductor that allows a zero point energy engine to function without overheating due to the massive amounts of energy that are being processed through the engine. Number three is something called a TR3B. It's a triangular shaped craft that uses something called inertia propulsion or anti-gravity technology to travel through space and time which basically is much safer, much cheaper, much faster than any sort of automobile, any sort of, you know, trucking industry or whatever. So getting 
um, supplies or goods or services from A to B would not only be faster, it would not only be safer, but it would be infinitely cheaper. So now we have a whole new supply chain and a whole new way of transporting, uh, transporting transportation for enter for uh, um, our goods, our services, and for people. So now we have a whole new infrastructure regarding that, and we have the ability to go and do things like mine asteroid fields and stuff like that. So we're not mining for metal here on the planet, thus creating more pollution. So this is the solution, and it really wouldn't take very much time. It would take at the most a couple of months to a couple of years to create this parallel economy that runs alongside the current economy that we are using and transition from one economy to the other. Bro, you're making up words. Dude, uh, you're making dude, are you, dude, 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 are you just walking around every day getting like panties thrown at you or something? Like, do you just walk in order? No, listen, no, two, Robo, you just want to throw your panties, panties at him. No, nice. you're trying he's to throw your panties Starbucks. at him. He's walking in Starbucks. Yeah, he's having two him. pairs of fucking silk panties while he's ordering his coffee. I mean, he's a smooth talker. Uh, we did lose Timmy, but look who's here. I mean, Soy has come up. Hello, Soy. No, wait, 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 hold on. Before Soy, Isaiah had requested to speak. Okay, sorry. Um, sorry. Founder of the American Collective, America First, Christian okay. Futurist. All opinions are dot dot dot. You know, Hi, Soy, Isaiah. You know, Welcome. Soy's a fellow. You know, Soy's a fellow chimney sweeper. That's why I like. I thought about him. You know, chim chimney, chim chimney, chim 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 Sorry. <laughs> so, um, Isaiah, if you're still there. I'm going to give you the mic and there you are. All right. Thank you. Um, so I just had a question for Jake real quick. Basically, I know this, this isn't really pertaining to what the space is really about right now from what I've been hearing, but what's your kind of opinion on what uh, political candidates like on the Republican side have been saying about Jan 6 with January 6th and pardoning people and, you know, uh, expunging records and stuff like that. Do you have any hope that, you know, like, you know, obviously you got a record from it. Do you have hope that, let's say, Vivek Ramaswamy gets in, he would actually follow through with something like that? Or do you think it, a lot of it's just talking just to talk because it's a popular talking point? Vivek Ramaswamy ain't going to do shit. Okay, that guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Okay, he sounds like he does, but he doesn't. Okay, um, he's a smooth talker, just like Obama. Okay, he even had the audacity to use the same line that Obama used at the DNC regarding, you know, what's who's this skinny kid, this skinny brown kid with the funny name. He had the audacity to use that at the debate and then say to the other candidates, now that we all have our rehearsed talking points out of the way, you know, maybe we can get into some real discussion. You know, he he is not a viable candidate for the presidency. You know what he is? He's a coattail riding grifter who's a wannabe politician. Okay. He's is the founder of a, um, a biopharmaceutical company, which we know those aren't the good guys. Okay. He, um, wants to get back into the trade deals with China that were just raping the United States. He also was pro mask during 2020. All right. What he does is he says what people want to hear. He's the antithesis of what we need. 
All right. He also, from what I understand, was given a scholarship by uh, by uh, um, the brother of George Soros. Okay. Um, he has used money to scrub some of these negative things from the internet. Um, here's the thing, whether it be Vivek Ravaswampi, whether it be uh, Ron DeFascist, um, you name it. Anybody that's on the stage of Fox News is full of shit. And that's why they're there because they are being propped up by the swamp. They are being propped up by the mockingbird media apparatus as some sort of a viable solution to our current problems. But think about it like this. I just delineated not only how we could save the United States, not only how we could save the planet, not only how we could reverse all the destruction, but I did it in probably like 10 minutes. Okay. Now, none of these candidates are talking about the Trump uh, released patents. None of them, and that includes Trump for that matter, which kind of blows my mind, but none of them are talking about creating a new infrastructure. None of them are talking about the, de uh, the, the classified patents, the disruptive patents. None of them can even explain what the deep state is. They just keep saying the deep state, the deep state, the deep state. It's the boogeyman, okay? The, these people are, are there it's a ruse okay it is a facade it's a fugazi it's something designed to look like a beautiful diamond that is the genuine thing when all the while you're getting ripped off a and fugazi. if these people <laughs> if fugazi. what's that i'm dying yeah, it's a fugazi. Fugazi. Yeah. <laughs> oh dude i love you i love you the bits but that's that's my opinion on all these so-called candidates. If I had to run it down, I would say people like Nikki Haley, people like uh, Vivek Ravaswampi, people like um, Chris Christie. They are the coattail riding grifters who are political president wannabes. People like um, um, Ron DeSantis and Mike Pence. They're two-faced, backstabbing establishment shills. People like RFK, which I'm sure there's people in here that like RFK, but people like RFK and Joe Biden, they're baby boomer lawyers that believe in climate change. And they both want to disarm the American people in the face of tyranny. None of them are viable candidates for leadership when it comes to getting us out of the mess that we are in. Um, Definitely we have agree a hand with everything up. you said there. Oh. Sorry, I just wanted to say thank you. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with everything you said there. I uh, appreciate you taking my question, and I hope you have a good weekend, everyone. Isaiah, you're delightful. I'm going to follow you. You're so polite. Follow. Thank you. Um, Sir Sins. Sir Censorlot. Sir Censorlot. Looks like why, you got why, something to say. You. Thank you very much. Jake, my brother, you already know how I feel about you. I think because you're on another level, most people don't comprehend what you're saying. There is no candidate at this point who can fuck with Trump on the level that he's on, regardless of what you think. It's just not happening. Most of these candidates get in the mix because they want funding, uh, campaign funding, because uh, they're broke. So they want financing because they need it. Trump doesn't need it. Trump has proven time and time again 
to be factual with his information. Everything he has said up until this point has been 100% factual. Okay, look back. You know, I'm Sir like, Censor, thing. I don't oh. why, why you're interrupting. Got more? Me. I don't know why you're interrupting. Oh, I apologize. Me. It's okay. I was lagging. But 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 it's all right. You can laugh at it. The fact of the matter is that everything he has said up until this point has been factual. And the best is yet to be seen. Most people are not ready for the agent to be released. And, and I would say that it's going to happen in the next couple. Okay? Every time all of these uh, prosecutors, whatever you want to call them, come out with indictments against Trump, what happens? It backfires on them. Okay, and I'm not I'm not a Trump idolizer, but I've been paying attention for the last seven years and I know what's and I know what's going on. Okay, we need to come together. It's not about left or right, it's about good versus evil. We need to come together and realize what's been happening in the past few centuries. Okay, especially here in the United States. If we fail as a country, then the whole world goes down. Okay, Jake, I had the pleasure of meeting you on January 6th. I know you probably don't remember because you met so many people on that day. But I, for one, I archive everything. I was there. I witnessed with my own eyes what happened on that day. And I could tell you. And I was part of the interview with QAnon John. And Dr. Jan Halper, when I asked her, what do you think about what happened on January 6th when President Donald J. Trump literally gave the proclamation to the militia? And whether you're aware of it or not, we are the militia. President Donald J. Trump gave the proclamation, proclamation, sorry, presidential directive to the militia to disperse, to go home peaceably. And I asked Dr. Jan, and you can, you can look, research this. It's all recorded. I asked her, what do you think about that proclamation as a precursor to the Insurrection Act? Because by military law, you have to, as a president, proclaim that the militia be dispersed, to go home peaceably before you invoke the Insurrection Act. And guess what? She couldn't answer it. Why couldn't she answer it? Sir Censor, um, Sir Censor Law, I'm sorry, I'm trying to like say it properly. I apologize. <laughs> it's all good. Right? Um, I wasn't laughing. I definitely was lagging is what the, what I was saying. But um, do you have one more point? Because there is one more person that I would like that's my to point. come up. That's, listen, that's, listen, that's my point. Go back and listen to the listen to the recording the right of that interview when QAnon John, right, the Patriot Voice, held a space the other day, and I asked Dr. Jan personally, what's her thought on January sixth with his proclamation to the militia as a precursor to the Insurrection Act? And she could not answer it. And she she gave Enter a lot. She gave a lot of information East Lincoln Avenue toward within Melbourne, that interview. She mentioned that there were tribunals being held off the coast of Israel and Japan. She gave a lot of information that day. 
but she left, could not answer Avenue. my first question left. regarding turn the insurrection. One thing thing I'd like to say, one thing I'd like to say, if you don't mind about Trump, um, if you look at what Trump has uh, done, he he told us that he was going to drain the swamp. Right now, a lot of people say he didn't drain the swamp. Now, I think that that is a mistake to believe. Reason being. Draining the swamp, what does that mean? That means that the water is going to fall away. That means that every one of the swamp creatures, every one of the fish in the pond or in the swamp is going to be flopping around because they don't have the water, the, they don't have the, the oxygen or whatever that they need in order to survive. So they're, they're uh, going hold on. to- Real quick, Jake, I'm, I just want to let everybody know if you are not speaking, Please put your mic on um, mute because it gives feedback. Okay, Jake, you can continue. So the swamp has been drained. Now all the swamp creatures are visible, whether it be Fauci or McConnell, whether it be, you know, Biden or Pelosi, whether it be um, the financial system that is keeping and maintaining the swamp, um, the, all the, the these candidates for president, people like DeSantis, or I'd like to call them DeFascist, um, these people, these swamp creatures all over the country have been exposed. The swamp is drained. The question is, what are we going to do about the elephant in the room? Right? Because the elephant was brought into the room through the door when the elephant was a baby. Now the elephant has grown into a full-size elephant, and we're not going to be able to get it out of the door that it was brought in. So the question is, how are we going to get No, Jake, you're breaking up. Come back to us. Oh, no. Is, is this better? Yeah, you're better. Don't move. Okay, so what I, said, what I said was the elephant in the room was brought into the room as a baby, so it was able to fit through the door. But now it's grown into a full size elephant and it will not fit through the door that it was brought in. So we have to address the elephant in the room and figure out how it is that we're going to get it out of the room. But that, that, oh, I was going to say, go on, but his, his analogies are bang on the money. Jake, your analogies are fucking great, by the way, dude. Thank you, Jake. Thank you. Um, um, Karen, hand so up. If, I'm, if, if I may. Hey there. Uh, just. If, if I may, I'm sorry to interrupt, but if I may, that has nothing to do with what I was with what I was saying. All right. What I'm trying to tell you guys is at this point, there are military tribunals being held. There are people being held accountable. And when I mentioned the Insurrection Act being invoked, that is something that the president of the United States does not have to disclose, not even to Congress. There's a thing called PIADS. Presidential yeah, but wasn't, this, was a, this was the same narrative. But I do, to be fair, this was the same narrative that like came out like four years ago. Uh, like, let's let's draw some focus like back on uh, Bay Bands, right? Like, hey, yeah, let's um, sir, censor lot. I want to go to Karen real quick. I know you have a little bit more you want to say, but let's just um, all good, put a lid on it oh, real quick, ahead. and let's get Karen real quick. Let's get Karen. Hey, again. Thank you. Um, Jake, I've heard you talk about this in the past. It's a little bit off topic here today, 
But you mentioned microdosing in the past. Um, I am totally clueless with this stuff, but um, can you give me a best source for information regarding microdosing or any natural um, any natural suggestion you might have for somebody who has an autoimmune issue? Where where would be the best place to go? Well, I will not advocate for microdosing psilocybin mushrooms because it's illegal. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even know. No, no, it's okay. But I can give you a solution that is similar and totally legal. Um, okay, cool. There's something called lion's mane mushrooms. Lion's I mane mushrooms. I just got yeah. those. I swear to God. I just those are got also, them. Those them. are all. Those are also a nootropic. So psilocybin mushrooms are what are called a nootropic. Nootropic means that it creates new neurons in the brain and um, increases the growth of nerve, uh, nervous system growth. So lion's mane are also nootropics. They increase the amount, uh, they, they create new neurons in the brain, which according to modern medical science is not possible. And they also stimulate nerve growth. Um, when it comes to autoimmune issues, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to give medical advice. All I will say is that turkey tail mushrooms are a fungi that have a very similar immune system to human beings. And um, when taken uh, daily, they boost the immune system of hum human beings because they are symbiotic with the human immune system. And um, it's almost like... Uh, creating a scaffolding for the immune system to grow because like I said, the turkey tail mushrooms have a similar immune system, the same fungi, the same um, uh, molds, the same bacteria and stuff that mess up the function of the turkey tail mushroom also mess up the human immune system. So um, I would say that turkey tail mushrooms are a good route to go. Fungi in general are, very, very advantageous when used strategically for all sorts of things. You can also take things like um, uh, shiitake and mitake mushrooms to increase bone density. You can also take cordyceps mushrooms to help with things like heart rate as well as muscle growth. You can do all sorts of stuff given the right fungi. Okay, um, and thank you. I, I know you're not a doctor, but I, I honestly, I definitely trust you. I just won't go the pharmaceutical route no matter what. Um, so this is very important. Are you, uh, do you think that just capsule form, I have a really good health food store that I go to. Um, it, it, is that okay? Or should I get the whole mushroom? Should, how, how would you, how would you suggest? Well, the thing is, is um, I trust Paul Stamets. Paul Stamets is a mycologist. He's done a lot of work in this area. Um, he's a brilliant man. He's, he's, he's very, very intelligent. He did a, um, a podcast with Joe Rogan that I would. Joe Rogan. Yep. I've yeah. Seen I would recommend I that you check that. Him. Yeah. Check that podcast out. If you haven't in the audience, if you haven't checked that out, Paul Stamets, P-A-U-L-S-T-A-M-E-T-S. -E um, and uh, I would say that, I trust his mushrooms because they are organically grown. They are made here in the United States of America. Do not trust anything from China. Um, 
And uh, whether it be the capsules or it be like mushroom powder, you can get like mushroom coffee that is organic. Anything, what you want is organic. You don't want anything that's been genetically modified. So that's the extent that I can go into that. So he actually sells supplements? Yes, yes. Uh, it's called Host Defense. Host Defense. H-O-S-T-D-E-F-E-N-S-E. Host Defense. That's his uh, mushroom company. Awesome. That's exactly what I needed. Thank you so much, Jake. So Karen, I would just like to add, I'm from Denmark and in Denmark, we have a very old practice of, uh, if you have uh, allergies and other autoimmune diseases, you can go out in the spring and take some of the first uh, stinging nettles and beat yourself with them. I'm not kidding. They have a great uh, take, take what? stinging nettles, you know, nettles. Oh yeah. Yeah. Net I have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can beat yourself with them, which is going to overstimulate your, your immune system. And it contains a lot of antihistamine and a lot of anti-inflammatory probabilities. So a lot I'm of people really do this in Denmark in the, in the I'm spring. I'm so glad you took us back. I'm so glad you took us back to like the medieval periods when people <laughs> thrust themselves with their nettles. Uh, I'm really so so enjoyed that you like took me there, bro. I will say this though, people, you know, a word of warning: uh, any kind of like what maybe governments might class as like narcotics or whatever, you know, just be aware that there are people who uh, took them as very young children. Therefore, their brains like developed and grew up with like that kind of like environment. Uh, I will say one thing, a lot of people that I've met who didn't uh, do things at a younger age, but then kind of got into them at a later age, weren't mentally prepared to be able to like, have those kind of experiences. And it was quite like a shame to watch like people that shouldn't, you know, end up like in a shit state, ended up in a shit state. Because whatever you do, you've got to be very, very careful and fully aware of the consequences, et cetera, et cetera. I just wanted to give that little disclaimer, B-Vans. Oh, thank, thank you, you. Um, Robo. I appreciate it. Um, so listen, we have a couple other people that have the mic that have not gotten a chance to spoke, uh, speak spoken, speaking it, whatever. Um, so we have the creator of chaos. It's been in here for a while. I don't know if they have a question or just a comment. And then after that, we have Vader one. It's your time to speaketh. I think creator, uh, that is your uh, cue. Creator, enter the space. Okay, maybe a little busy. We do have Vader one who requested to speak, so let's give them an opportunity to um, ask a question or have a comment. Vader one, are you here? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Love. Okay, awesome. Uh, thanks for having me up. Uh, I'll follow you as soon as I can. Um, Jake, big fan. Uh, I just replied on your, uh, you know, your Twitter profile looks looks like a billboard man like in your in the things you said that the media called me the q q Amon shaman but that's a straw man like that's great i think that's great and uh i just had this like really i guess weird question like how hard was it to like tell the prison guards like you, you're not eating their gmo crap like i don't how how did that fly like i couldn't see me getting away with that was that hard to do not when you get used to it so uh, hold on real quick. I just I do have to say something, Jake. You didn't think that they were tr tricking you and saying that they were giving you like 
organic food and they weren't like, wasn't that like well, a little bit? I like- know, I know that they did. Um, there were times where they were supposed to be giving me pure organic and what they ended up doing was giving me partially organic. Like they would give me one part of my meal that was organic and then the rest of it would be the regular chow. Um, so, but that was only while I was detained. What's really interesting is the court order was only to give me organic food while I was detained. When I actually got to prison, that court order was null and void. And they said that I would have to fight for organic food in a court order, um, upon my, uh, release into BOP custody. So when I was in Safford, Arizona, um, it was either starve or go through and starve and go through the court order process or just eat the damn food. So that was difficult for the first couple of months. It definitely affected my, my, uh, you know, gastrointestinal system. It affected my mood and all sorts of stuff, but it's incredible how the human body can adapt over time. Okay, thanks. Yeah, I, I I had the narrative that like you somehow like got your way and uh, well, I kind of did. I, in that the court order was to give me organic food. Thank you, Judge Lambert. God bless you for that. But it was just while I was detained, not while I was in actual prison and serving my sentence. That's awesome, man. Uh, yeah. Hey, keep keep up what you're doing, man. Good space. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, it's been a, it's been an absolutely fucking cracking space, hasn't it, Baybands? I mean, it's one of my favorites, right? This has been so good, darling. I love it so much. Um, I just want to make sure I give opportunities for everybody who has their hands up to oh. um talk with Jake. We have Canna 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 fucking Canna being Canadian Canabian Canadian Canadian. Canadian. <laughs> I'm a Canadian Canadian. <laughs> I'm a Canadian Canadian cowboy. Hey Jake. Yeah. It's, uh, you know what? Let's go back to uh RAF. You know, like a while back you said, like, what's the first thing you did when you walked out of prison? Right. And uh, you said, I don't drink alcohol, because he said, you know what, you gotta have a pint, right? Well, I've had a few pints and I've had a few joints also. But as far as food, going back to the previous question, the previous speaker, and I'm sorry if I forgot your name because uh, it's my day off. I worked like serious hours all week in the heat. And um, I just want to know, man, are you a meat lover? Just for sakes, you know, just for sakes, man. Yeah, I, 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 I eat meat. Yeah, bro. There, there was a lot of talk that I was a vegan. Dinner. I tell you, I can, I tell you, man. If it wasn't for meat, and uh, it's been hard to come by the good meat, you know, with uh, everything that's going on and uh, steroid abuse and uh, vaccinations and blah blah blah. But uh, yeah, anytime, man. You're welcome for if you ever run out of food. You're always welcome to my table, my friend. Bro, Jake, it was a bro. pleasure to listen to you, my friend. And bro, all, you're of you, about all of you. You're talking about meat. I haven't eaten solids in like three and a half weeks. I've only just started to get back to like semi-fucking solids. Pork what did you get bone. this time, Robo? Pork what did bone. you get this time? I'm telling you, pork bone rice soup with boiled eggs mashed up into it has kept me alive the power of meat 
even the hint, the slightest little hint of fucking meat has kept me alive for fucking three and a half weeks while I've been fucking drinking through a straw. Oh, my goodness. People, man, you need meat in you. If, if you haven't got meat in you, I'm telling you, dude, you're not babysitting me kids, put it that way. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Rightly said. Bravo. Listen, I'll let vegans watch my kids as long as they do a good job. So listen, we got Hannah, 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 Hannah Stanley. You need to work on your names. You need to work on your fucking names, David. Work what your mother gave you. Twerk while you work. All right, so go ahead. Hi everyone, it's the first time for me to come to your space and so I'm just trying to uh, get to know um, everyone. Um, I have a question, My, I don't know, my, I've got a sister who's got lupus and I was wondering if Jake know anything that could help because she's all into, you know, all this um, medication that is really harming her um and uh every time she stops it um or try to get off it uh she, she can't because um, just uh just can you just can you just explain to the room in case anyone's unaware about what is actually like lupus some of us know but some people might not know it's very bad well, by the way yeah i think it's uh to do with her uh, uh immune system uh system it's uh, it's too strong, so that it can, it can, it can. It is not controlled. It can take, attack uh, uh, her organs. I mean, anywhere. Well, one thing I can tell you is, once again, I'm not a doctor. I can't give medical advice. One thing I can okay. say mm -hmm. is, um, um, if you're not familiar with uh, a man named Matthew Rife. You can find him here on Twitter. He sells Rife machines that use frequencies and stuff like that to uh, boost the immune system and heal the body. I would recommend that you contact him and um, see if maybe you could get one of those Rife machines out there to your sister so that she could start using it on a daily. I've seen it work miraculous things. Uh, my dog was limping around the house uh we didn't know what the issue was with him and not even after a day or two seriously of using that machine he's a new dog so i would just say um contact matthew rife see if you can get one of his rife machines so that you can help your sister boost her immune system and increase her health thank you what's the name again matthew rife oh, right. yes matthew rife r-i-f-e r-i-f-e matthew rife Thank you so much. I'm following him on Twitter, if, I, if I'm if i not mistaken. So you might just, all you have to do is uh, search through the people I'm following. Or you can just search his name. He should pop up. Okay. Thank you ever so much. Thank you. Mind. Mind. He's been, a, he's been a font of knowledge. I mean, you ask the question, bang, there's some information, right? I mean, Jake, how old He's almost like Jesus. I know. Like you go how, to Jesus and you're like, yo, Jesus, what do I need to do now? And then how, just how like have some morel mushrooms. <laughs> how, how old was he though when he started out on this like journey of like self-discovery and I think therefore I am? I mean, Jake, did this come to you at an early age or what, bro? Like high school yeah. or 
Yeah, it came to me early on. I was asking the big questions at age five. Um, so like, what is God? Who is God? Where is God? Why is the world so screwed up? You know, I was asking those questions very early on, you know, seeing homeless people on the side of the street. I'm like, well, why don't they have a house? Like, like, I don't understand. Why aren't we, what, what's wrong? Like what, what, what's up with this world? Why are there starving children in Africa and Asia? And like, you're in the United States, like, what the hell? Like, I don't get it. You know, so I was on a quest ever since a childhood to get answers to these big questions. And every time I found an answer, it's I, I like to, you know, say that it's similar to gold panning for truth in the river of life. And every time I found a little nugget of golden truth, I would put it in my little sack of gold nuggets and um, I would remember it. And eventually it got to a point where I had amassed so many little gold nuggets of truth that I was able to smelt it all down into several bars of truth that I could slap on the table at any point and say, okay, here it is. So it's been a journey for a long time and uh, it's been a lifelong thing. So I'm 36 now. So, you know, going on 31 years of searching for truth. Awesome. You're a decade younger than me. You're a decade younger than me. But you know what, though, bro? You're old school. We can tell that, right? Like, people look at me in shock and horror when I tell them, like, my parents, like, taught me to fucking iron my own school clothes at, like, six years old. Like, like, we, like we kind of, people like us kind of grew up, and I know there's 10 years between us, but you're the same age as me, brother. We grew up, bro, in a different era to the way people are growing up now. No, it's it's refreshing to meet people who, like, you know, had some fucking common sense when they were a kid because, like, we've just bred a, a fucking world of retards right now with this latest generation, you know? Yeah, but there, the funny thing is, is that there's also a lot of young kids that are totally rejecting this crap. Um, I've seen videos and stuff where they're trying to indoctrinate these kids in schools with all this LGBT crap and all the kids in the class are like, ah, more of this crap. And the teacher's like, hey, hey, if you guys don't shape up, I'm going to send you all to Saturday detention. If you guys are going to be prejudiced, I'm going to send you all to Saturday detention. You will act accordingly. And the kids are like, yeah, whatever. So as they're trying to shove this stuff down this generation's throat, there is a very real resistance. I mean, we all know that teenagers are resistant to being told what to do. So, yeah, while there are while there are kids that um, are absorbing it and just, you know, eating it all up, there's large majorities that are not being given the public microphone that are giving the finger to all this crap. So I, I think that we need to have a little more faith in human spirit and our desire for free will than I think we have. Um, oh, just to let you know, uh, Hanan Stanley, uh, apparently Matthew Reif's information is in the little purple pill below. It's in the, it's in the comments. It's in the chat if you want to get a hold of him somehow. By the way, just very quickly on that note, guys, we've been talking about like a few books in that tonight. I did put a link up in the nest uh, to my little cheeky online library, but you can find stuff from like Annie Jacobs in there, Operation Paperclip, uh, Surprise Kill Vanish. You can find Chaos there, which is the full like San Francisco, uh, MK Ultra, Manson shit. 
uh, you can find uh, Rampage, which is uh, what uh, Jake was talking about earlier when he talked about the Americans and uh, Japan, the gold, the Philippines. So if anyone knows about MacArthur uh, and, and what happened and how obviously they pushed the Japanese back. Great book. Uh, highly recommended. But I just want to quickly just say that that was up there, Bay Bands, for the link if anybody wants to like go and grab some decent books, you know. Thank you, Rat. You want to read? Thank you want to read what Robo was reading? I'm just saying. You just you want to read what Robo was reading? Well, so I know just about to let y'all know. I know about MK Ultra. Actually, one of the uh, first um, <laughs> MK Ultra man. Holy shit! Uh, in McGill University, they uh, what they did is uh, as soon as somebody went psychotic. They would uh, lock them up and then they would test them on different drugs and see, um, you know, this was a military establishment um, coerced with uh, the United States. And we're in Canada. We're in Montreal. And in a university, okay, a um, sort of psyops uh, operation, what they would do is they would drug them up with uh, LSD and all these drugs and see how uh, these psychotic people Is that he breaking had... up? You guys are hearing him break up, right? Yeah, he's rubber banding. Okay, I think you're rubber banding, so... Okay, well, are you, are you I good don't know. Now? Don't move. Am I good now? Yes. yes. Thank you. So basically what uh what they did is they basically, you know, MK Ultra was basically I don't know if it was a military um agenda to create assassins, you know, for uh for whatever reasons. But they they did they did some tests on people with drugs and uh it didn't turn out well, man. You had the uh, Manchurian candidate, basically. Uh, oh, do, you know about the do you know about the brothels around uh, San Fran? So it was, uh, what was it, uh, Jake? Was that Project Nightingale, was it? Or was that Mockingbird, uh, the one before? I, I, I don't know. Um, one thing I can tell you is this about things like mind control and sleeper agents and all that stuff, is that the MK Ultra has three major... Um, goals. One is to create sleeper cell agents. These are people that can be activated um, through like specific words or specific frequencies where the compartmentalized portion of their brains becomes activated. And then this alter ego that is implanted in them as children ends up um, emerging without any real memory of the event itself. And then these people can be used to perform assassinations or, you You're know, talking about the monarch. Are you talking about the monarch? Yeah, right? yeah. Project monarch. Yeah. And then there's also um, like the super soldier aspect to it where they can basically, uh, 
get inside people's heads to where they don't really feel pain. They don't have any idea really of self-preservation. They just do really intense stuff uh, that nobody else has the capacity to do. It also gives them increased physical strength and stuff like that if necessary. And then there's also what are called sex kittens. And these are people that have basically become like sex slaves or people that have basically had their brain compartmentalized in a sexual manner so that when this portion of their brains get activated, they become hypersexualized and then they can end up being used to like appease and please high level people, whether they be politicians, CEOs, bankers, entertainment people, et cetera. And they can also use them all as spies. They can use them all as spies and getting information and then they are able to transport and compartmentalize information inside of people's brains so that they have like photographic memory and they're able to come back with a bunch of information and divulge all of it at the drop of a hat. So um, that's a couple of the aspects of MKUltra and what they were trying to do. Um, just to let you all know, unfortunately, I have to go. Um, like I got maybe like 10 oh, more minutes at the most. Don't worry, bro. Don't worry. You've been absolutely Thank you so much. Oh, it's been amazing. You've literally spent like two hours with us, two and a half hours with us. Like, we can't ask for any more from you. Thank you so much for taking have the time you, to talk with us. Yeah, have you it enjoyed was outstanding, yeah. bro, Jake? Thank you very much. It was outstanding. I'm so happy to have met you and talked to you. Seriously. Just, and you answered my questions, man. And you're spot on, bro. I love you. Dude, you've had a good time. You've had a good time. Fantastic. I love that. But uh, I want to find out if your man's had a good time. Uh, Jake, have you enjoyed this? I mean, we did, you didn't say what's the format or what's this. You just came on, cool cut. Have you had fun tonight or what? Absolutely. It's been a blast. I've really enjoyed speaking with all of you. Um, and, uh, you know, before I go, I want to try to give this creator guy one more chance to get on the mic. He's still up in the speaker spot here. Um, don't want to, uh, you know, walk away without giving him one more chance to say something if he wants to. Um, but if he does not respond, then uh, I suppose we can, uh, in the, we can either end the space or I can just drop out and you guys can stay, whatever you want to do. Oh, he's legit cool as fuck like B-Bands. Honestly, I thought tonight was going to be good. It's exceeded my expectations, like darling, hasn't it? Who's it Absolutely. Said? Listen, if my husband, and my husband wouldn't dare do this, tells me to shut up and let the man speak, it's a fucking golden. It's a golden. We made it. <laughs> he was like, shut up and let the man speak. And I was like... <gasps> Okay. <laughs> You're a champ, Jake. You're a champ. You're a champ, my friend. You are the Rocky of all Rockies, my friend. Thank you, sir. Well, you know, similar to Rocky, you know, uh, I know I can't per se, quote unquote, win the fight with the deep state, uh, but I can go all 15 rounds, you know, and uh, it, it's kind of like what. Um, uh, Apollo Creed was saying in Rocky two, I won, but I didn't beat him. You know, um, I am not a victim. I am a victor. I will not stop until the seventh generation is assured. I will not stop until America's, um, freedom is secured. I will not stop until the planet is saved. I will not stop, uh, at any point. 
until I have been given the clearance from God that it's all done and not to worry anymore. Um, I know that I can't do this alone. I need the support of humanity. I need the support no worry, of all the people. No worry, so, brother. I got your so, back. No worry, well, then, brother. I got your back. You come to Canada. Well, you're, you know, if you're running from, uh, you know, no support. I don't run. I back. don't run. I do not no, I don't, I know, run. But the, no, I know that. I know that. But I well, got so your back. Just, just, if, if you got my back, then this is what I need from you. Okay. What I need from you is to talk about Tesla Tower technology, talk about Dr. Reif and his machine, talk about the three patents that Donald Trump released to the public in 2020 that I've, all the stuff I've delineated, talk about anthropogenic chemicals and forever chemicals, talk about full spectrum dominance, talk about Operation Paperclip and Operation Gladio, talk about covert warfare. These are the things that most people are not talking about. And these are the very things that we should be talking about. In this way, we will transform the collective consciousness of humanity, of our countries. Now, on a final note, part of the reason why I talk, I ask you to talk about Tesla Towers and that technology, why I ask you to talk about Dr. Reif and his machine, why I ask you to talk about those patents is because if you look into each of these subjects, what you are going to find is three things. And these are three things that are essential to the emancipation of humanity from this globalist less than 1% or death matrix. What you're going to find is three things. Number one is you're going to find the corruption in the United States at its inception from the early 1900s regarding the debt-based currency, regarding the suppression of technology, regarding the, the hijacking of our medical system and apparatus, et cetera. Okay? The, main, the, the, the controlling mechanisms within the government as well as the infiltration in our government on behalf of these globalist less than one percenters interests. That's number one. Number two, what you're going to find is all of the applications to these technologies, how they could free humanity from this full spectrum dominant system, how they could create a Garden of Eden on the planet, how they could emancipate us from the centralized control system, the full spectrum dominant system of the globalist less than one percenters. Okay. And then lastly, Nikola Tesla said, if you want to understand the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. In order to understand how all of these technologies work, you have to understand energy, frequency, and vibration. And it really isn't all that hard to understand. Okay? So in, the, in these patents, in these people's stories, Tesla's story, um, in uh, Dr. Reif's story, what you find is uncovering corruption at its inception. You find the application for all this technology and you find the secrets of the universe. And this gives us a new mental model of reality and history. It gives us new technologies for which we can circumvent the oppressive state and the tyrannical state that is attempting to take over the planet. And you also get the secrets, the spiritual secrets of the universe that unfold before you. Thus, it raises our collective consciousness. It raises our individual consciousness. It also, all of these topics are not topics that have been covered by the Mockingbird media. Therefore, it allows us to find neutral ground to discuss things 
with people that have been heavily indoctrinated by the mockingbird media and therefore had their subconscious mind uh, riddled with triggers and trigger words that caused them to combat the information that is new to them that might challenge their political worldview. So all of these things are neutral concepts. They do not have triggers implanted in people's minds. So we can actually make some very real headway when we discuss these things with Republicans, with Democrats, it does not matter. With Libertarians, with Green Party people, it does not matter. All of these things not only have the ability to free humanity, they have the ability to free our minds and raise the collective consciousness of the planet and of the human species. So if you have my back, if you want to help me, then talk about these things. And if you want to go a step further, if you want to go a step further, go to my website, take my free courses, watch my uh, podcast, listen to the podcast, watch my interviews, all of which are on the website. If you want to go a step further after you've watched all those videos, then maybe schedule a consultation. Consultations are $500 an hour. But considering that some people out there are charging thousands of dollars per hour for an hour of their time, I think that's pennies on a dollar. And if you don't want to spend $500 on a consultation, that's fine. You can also do something like order a t-shirt. We have some awesome freaking merchandise on ForbiddenTruthAcademy.com. Some hilarious stuff. I think that... Um, I think that uh, B-Bands actually placed one of the uh, one of the merchandise uh, links up in the bubble above. Yes, you did. And that one of Klaus Schwab, Never Obey. That's a fantastic shirt. We have some other hilarious shirts that are up on the website. We're going to get more up soon. Um, we have one uh, called The Beginning is Near. We have, a, we have a, uh, a shirt called The Beginning is Near. We put Donald Trump's mugshot on that one. Uh, at least we, we have him wearing the shirt, that is. Um, we also have one uh, about the Mockingbird Media that we had Anderson Cooper wearing. That one's really good. It's kind of befitting considering that Anderson Cooper kind of looks like a bird. Um, Jake? Yes, ma'am. Um, so I wanted to ask you a question. Like for myself, I was kind of curious. Um, this is just for me. So I um, was very curious. What did you think about Kenya saying that the WEF was um, a bunch of gangs just trying to harvest people's data? And did you hear about that? And so the WEF has these like, you know, the world coin. They got the world coin out there and people like look into the little world coin. You can like set it up for yourself. Kenya stopped them from doing it and saying that this is just a bunch of gang members trying to like harvest your data. What do you think about that? I think it's telling that the world is waking up. We have picked the most exciting time to possibly be alive. And while the world may seem like it's getting worse, it's not getting worse. It's always been this bad. What's happening now is that the truth of national and global corruption is becoming more obvious and people are starting to wake up. So whether it be people in Kenya and it's like if people in Kenya can figure it out, why the fuck can't we figure it out here at home? So um, people are figuring it out, though. I just saw a recent post in Japan where there was a massive march uh, for supporting Trump over in Japan. Um, and China is falling apart, like what uh, um, Rack FM was saying. China is in the process of falling apart. Um, they, usually communist countries don't last but 80 to 100 years at the most. So China is going to collapse soon. 
their real estate market is falling to pieces and the real estate market is like 25 to 30 percent of the entire market for china and it's like 80 to 90 percent of the retirement in china so um that and their their naval fleet is based on the use of metals that are entirely irradiated and once they are uh hit with you know even like something as simple as like a glacier or something they will fall to pieces so china is is while it is a threat in the sense that it's going from economy to economy country to country and establishing an infrastructure and then basically bankrupting the country and then they own the land and the infrastructure they're falling apart um and the truth about corruption within the United States government and how it's rooted in Nazis and infiltration instead of invasion and all that stuff, it's its starting to come to light. The truth about the World Economic Forum, the Bilderberg Group, the Council on Foreign Relations and NATO is starting to come to light. And as these things come to light, we have a choice. We can either laugh or cry. And that's why I think that what we need to do is learn to laugh at people like Klaus Schwab. And if I would have told you 20 years ago that in the future, people are gonna live in 15 minute cities, people are gonna wear uniforms, that they're gonna own nothing and like it and everybody's gonna eat bugs, you would, I, would, I would be laughed out of the building. But that's what Klaus Schwab is saying on an, on an international platform. He should be being laughed at. They, these things should that's not make you angry. They should not make us angry. This is something we should be laughing at this man. This man is a joke. But they're not, though. People are trying. The the media pushes out what they want. That's exactly right. They just absorb what the media says is okay. And well, but this is but this is my point is that it's Operation Mockingbird. It's it's psychological warfare. Okay. It's psychological warfare. Okay, it's it's the media trying to control the narrative. This is why I'm saying we have to stop being reactive and start being proactive. How do we be proactive? It's it it's yeah, but corporate media is owned by Operation Mockingbird. Okay, it's CIA run media. Okay, so it's psychological warfare techniques being used on the public to create a narrative that controls the minds of and the public. And they've been doing it for years. Okay. They did it during yeah. Vietnam and Iraq. And yes, I, 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 I know that. I know that. We've covered all of that ever since the space started. I don't know when you got into the space, but I've covered all that. So the point here is, how can we be proactive? How we are proactive is by talking about Tesla Tower technology, talking about Dr. Rife and his machine and its implications for human health and the reversal of the aging process, as well as talking about the three patents that Donald Trump released in 2020 and talking about goldback, the goldback dollars or the goldback currency that is being circulated here in the United States. Talk about those four things. And if you're talking to an environmentalist, talk to them about anthropogenic chemicals or forever chemicals. Yes, always. And the right. fact I was that busy all... earlier, but I was agreeing with what you said about organic food and Monsanto and Bayer now and PFOAs and DuPont. All these companies do this to us. They poison our foods. And then we get sick and the drug companies profit off of it. So it's a vicious cycle. Everyone profits except for us. Yeah, they're profiting at our expense. And so the point here is, is that when we if, if there's something for everybody everybody can agree that if there's a cure for cancer and there's many if there's a cure for cancer then it should be released to the public 
in spite of the fact that it will have negative effects on the pharmaceutical companies and their profits. Okay. Everybody can agree that if there's an infinite free, clean source of energy and electricity, it should be being used by the public in spite of the fact that, you know, oil companies or lithium companies, mining companies or solar panel companies are going to suffer and not make the profits that they're making now. Everybody can agree on that. Everybody can agree that we should clean up the anthropogenic pollution, that we should stop allowing Bill Gates to own farmland, that we should stop allowing the CCP to own farmland, that we should stop allowing the uh, corporations like BlackRock and Vanguard to control our uh, communication system and um, and Ericsson to control our communication system, that all of these companies need to get the finger from the people of the planet Earth. Everybody can agree on that. Everybody can agree on the idea of a new, more effective, cheaper, and safer form of transportation. Everybody can agree on the idea of getting atrazine out of our water supply. Everybody can agree to, about the idea of getting pollutants out of our food, our water, our air, and our soil. So there's something for everybody. And, true. Re and remember, true, and this is really important. This is really important. Remember that you represent the God that you worship. You represent your uh, uh, faith in that God, and you represent the ideology or the, the, the beliefs that you have. So keep in mind, there has never, in my experience, there's never been a time where somebody has been yelling and screaming at me and caused me to change my mind. So do not get emotional. Do not get heavily invested in the idea of winning an argument. Rather, plant seeds. The way that you plant seeds is you ask questions. Have you heard of Tesla Tower technology? Have you heard of Dr. Reif and his machine? Have you heard about the three patents that Donald Trump released? Have you heard about gold-backed currency and gold-backs? Have you heard about anthropogenic chemicals, forever chemicals? Have you heard that the very corporations that are creating these chemicals are also talking about saving the planet and by stopping carbon emissions, right? These are the questions that you, these are the seeds that you need to plant. And, tr and it's not about winning the argument. It's about planting seeds and changing minds over time. This isn't something that we're going to be able to do overnight. But it is possible to change the world one mind at a time. Truth. And Rome wasn't built in a day, my friend. Rome wasn't built on a day, even if Rome was a fascism. Uh... Okay, so the only reason I muted your mic real quick was because... I got a message from Robo and he told me he's falling asleep. It's 5 a.m. his time. He's on the rack. Yeah, let's close account. it out. So I'd like to close it out. I'd like to tell everybody, thank you so much for coming. I want to give Jake some final words. And um, if anybody has a mic who would like to say something real quick or ask a quick question, go for it. But I'm going to shut it down no later than like two minutes from now. I love you guys. Thank you so much, Jake, for coming. Yeah, it's been amazing. It's been absolutely. It's been amazing. It really has, guys. It's uh, it's 5 a.m. Uh, Saturday morning here in Bangkok. Yeah, my weekend's ruined. 
but I'll cherish this and like I have this for the rest of my life. And also, uh, B-Bands, uh, you know, obviously Brasco does the album art. Uh, Jake, up above in the nest, I forgot what you said earlier. You called it something else. You know, the some people said Jumbotron, the thing above where you can post stuff. We put the uh, album art uh, in there. It's a second, like, tweet along, if you look at the top. Second tweet along. Look at that album art, dude, for you. It's a nice little piece. That's like B-Bands. That's one of the best Brasco's done for a while, yeah? Can you see it? Yeah, it's totally awesome. Oh, dude, we have our full library. There's like every single episode's got its like own individual unique piece. Uh, that's yours. So yeah, B-Bands, I'll let you thank our guest. Close it down. I've had such a wonderful time, mind. It's been absolutely glorious. Jake, you're a fucking great guy. I'll tell you what, you're an intelligent fucking man. You're a fucking gentleman and a scholar. That's what I'll say about you. You know, you said about this image posted about you. I fucking get it, dude. I know exactly how fucking MSM works, right? Or the Mockingbird Media, like you like to call it, yeah? Uh, like, that's why kind of we wanted to get you on the show. When I found out you were, like, out there doing spaces, I was like, fucking get this guy on, man. And what an interview, dude. I think this is probably one of our best ever fucking shows. So, yeah, I'll leave it over to B-Bands to, to thank you and, uh, yeah. Say good night. Yeah. I mean, I, I did. I said, thanks, Jake. It's been awesome chatting with you. I'm so glad you came with us and chatted and, and shared your wealth of information. It is definitely something I'm going to go back and re-listen to. It is recorded. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your, your patriotism. I, we appreciate it so much here on Rack FM. Um, and I just want to shut it down. Jake, oh, would you really, like to say really goodbye quick. to everybody? Yeah, I would and like, then, I would. Yes, please. So I just want to say thank you to everybody. Um, final thoughts. Um, please start calling the media what they are. Mockingbird media. That's that's one thing that I have to ask for as well. Start calling them Mockingbird Media because that's exactly what they are. If you want to throw Operation in there, throw Operation Mockingbird Media. They are not mainstream. They have the illusion of being mainstream because they are being run by CIA. So calling them Mockingbird Media is essential because it starts to plant seeds in people's minds. And they say, why are you calling it Mockingbird Media? And you say, well, hey, haven't you heard of Operation Mockingbird? No, what's that? The CIA infiltrated the media during Operation Mockingbird. They've been doing it ever since the 60s. Look into it. And then all of a sudden, the whole can of worms is opened, and then they stop trusting the Mockingbird media. So please start calling them that, if you don't mind. Um, and watch as people's minds change around you. That's the final thought. And on that note, brother, we will close this down. Uh, guys, before, on the recorded version, we slip into uh, Finn's uh, silky tones with his rap. I don't know what rap he's going to play at the end of this, but to wind it down. Uh, this has been Rack FM, uh, your favorite dose of uh, normally everything Web3. But tonight we had like just a ridiculous conversation. This will go down in the record books. So, yeah, man, a special thanks to uh, Jake. Uh, a big, big shout out to all the speakers, like everybody that came up, you know, had you two kind of contributed. Uh, we, we really thank you for that, yeah. So, yeah, final thought, guys. Over now. Good night. 
God bless and God speed on your journey, whatever you do, just like stay safe out there. Alright? Take care, Pete. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works, and we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt. We rape and blunder the earth, sit and wonder about the worth and plate. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless, trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets. Dead ants dragging out the max amount of payments. Red down days got them acting all bankless. Yo fam, what? Check these token knocks. They probing this bear, flexing broken knots. I had to lay my soul down. I'm just roasting knots, and then to end a long day, eleven bowls of chronic. Never known the politic, I was born to frolic. It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot. We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top. We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom. Over the impossible loss, it's all moss, and I'm liking the odds. Bond doing the morning, forming mycological bonds. Flick the cap, yo, the road is highly involved. Flip a coin, diary falls. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy. Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey. What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come, first serve mentality. The teeth stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and blunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace Stacked in non-toxic Just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage Like the shit is play for keeps Clowns, white knight, and all these Maybelines They call it implausible When model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats Tearing apart your community all these low hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach, coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts and send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each Motherfuckers fuckers screaming out loud looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality stuck in the burbs. I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works, and we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt. We rape and blunder the earth, say and wonder about the worth and play. Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served. Spaces.